fluctuating electric quantity. K-U-S-O. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of August in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not really ostentatious studios of Rock 101, KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is uh, Wednesday, and thank you for your uh, patronage on this day 12. It is 503-228-4101 if you'd like to be part of the show today, 503 228 4101. You can also email if you like it. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or uh, Greg Nibbler can be reached at N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com. Or you can text it as 520-5151. Coming up later on the day, we'll talk to Oregonian music critic Ryan White. Uh, we'll also have a, another pair of passes for you to see KUFO's premiere of The Goods, Live Hard, Sell Hard, and uh, today a pair of third-row tickets for the Summer of Rock at the Amphitheater of Clark County, Monday, August 10th, uh, featuring Stain, Shinedown, Chevelle, Hailstorm, etc. So you can find out more at KUFO.com if you like. And a uh, third uh, row pair of tickets going to be given away at some point today. We'll uh, talk about... La- Have you finished last night's episode of uh, More to Love? I have not. I'm about halfway through. Because I went and watched Star Trek again last night. Have you gotten to the point where the... Have you got to the place where the, where the girl throws up? No. Never mind. Why? Sorry. You can't tell me. Sorry, I thought you like were that. past that. Uh, never mind. Just Was it from death? crying too much? No, it's from being on the boat. Uh, there's that sequence where they go off to there's, they have dinner on the yacht, and I think they're on the yacht about five minutes, and there's a one of the chicks just hurls, oh. which is fantastic. So, boy, I'll wait till you're done. Uh, so you until you're like through the second half of that show, but that guy is just a big. Uh, Lara described him as being a big sack of flour. There's just nothing remotely appealing about that guy. Nothing, he's, and he's creepy. He is creepy. He's creepy and uncharismatic and just seems like a huge douche. We say just boiling things down to their base essence. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. When is this coming up today? Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Also uh, from Los Angeles, we'll talk to Jim Roop. Because I think, what's his name? Chris Brown is actually getting officially sentenced today. Yes, today. Speaking of guys who are clearly big douches. Uh, so we'll get the uh, the final definitive recap on that. And we've got an exciting installment of Sarah Dillon receives fan mail from prison. So uh, it's all uh, on the horizon today. Hello, Sarah Dillon. How was your evening? Oh, it was splendid. When saw, yeah, Star Trek again for the second time? Just as good, if not better, the second time. Is around. that at the beer theaters now? Yeah, it's at the Baghdad. It's playing there at six all this week. Uh, I just don't know that I'm going to, you know, because we're, Laura and I are going to uh, to New York. We're leaving town. What is today? Wednesday? So tomorrow night? So we're leaving town tomorrow night. But you know what is going to be opening while we're in New York is uh, District 9. So I'm thinking we're going to go see that while we're there. Oh, that's, I'm totally going to. That is the, yeah, that's the, the, the that we, movie looks messed up. We've got that. And then we're not going to be, we're not going to be in New York for the premiere of Mad Men. I will be. See, so you're going to be there on the 16th, right? Sunday the 16th? Yep. So that is the night of the Mad Men Season 3 premiere. 
And so what you the thing is, you really ought to be if you can find like a like a, a, a bar or a club or something that is near Madison Avenue, because that's where all that stuff is. Set. I'm gonna try and do better than that. If I have a week to um, try and meet the right people, you and, could probably find somebody. You find always, some. See, you always seem to luck into finding people who know people who can get you into things. You seem to be a so you do well in New York. You really would. You're a social you. butterfly, sir. <laughs> Well, I'll find something. I will uh, of all back people. Story. Yeah. Probably I mean, do just as well in L.A. I mean, of, I mean, certainly better than, uh, I mean, certainly better than I would do, but I, you I, you do have a knack for sort of running into people who can who can make things happen for you. How cool would it be to see the, the Mad Men season three premiere in New York at some sort of, you know, swank upscale establishment? Oh, you're drinking like a martini and stuff? Yes. Oh, that would be amazing. Exactly. And I finished, yeah, I finished season two yesterday. Fantastic. No? Yes. Yeah. No, no, it's good. I'm I'm excited. I and the big debate is whether because season one of Batman started in 1961 or 60. I think it was 60. 60. It was 60. And, I I rewatched some of those. And then Mad Men season two started in 1962 because there was that thing where Jackie was given the tour of the White House. Mm-hmm. And so there's I don't even think anybody. All the dates always coincide. I'm not sure anybody I has said them. when season three takes place. We I was no one has said. I, there was a discussion that the show was going to go all the way through the end of 1969, not this season, but the entire series. And so they're skipping ahead like two or three years each season, but it remains to be seen. And the other question is that hasn't been addressed is I got in this discussion with somebody else. Earlier this season, there was this big brouhaha that uh, Matthew Weiner wanted what some people thought was an outrageous amount of money to right. continue. All of a sudden, nothing about that. The outcome of that was made public. That's actually a good point. Right. I don't, they never did talk about the resolution. I wonder if there was some sort of off the, like an off the record settlement. Like they, like they, like they paid him the money, but he couldn't say anything about it because they didn't want every other writer to come forward and start asking for it. Because I'm, I'm noticing maybe they're trying to get back at him with a lack of promotion for this season because I haven't seen or heard that much about it, and we have a week to go. I hadn't thought about that as compared to last season. So maybe they, so maybe they met him halfway, or they caved. They caved into could be because so, maybe they think they may lose it to another network, and therefore they're not promoting it as much this season. Well, you know, he first offered it to HBO. That's the thing about. Uh, and can we get a judgment call on this? Is it Matthew Weiner or Weiner? Weiner. 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 Okay, so. You know, the thing is, he was a writer on The Sopranos. Uh, he mm-hmm. worked under David Chase, and he wrote some of the best Sopranos episodes. And so while he's writing on, uh, on The Sopranos, he creates this show, and he goes to HBO, and he says, Hey, by the way, I got this show. Uh, maybe you should take a look at it. Mad Men. Not only did they not air it, they never even returned his phone calls. So back when he was working for and he's working on HBO, mm-hmm. on what at the time was their most successful show, probably is still their most successful show ever, Um has written some of the, some of their most popular episodes. He sends them the pilot script for Mad Men, and he, as he told the story later, they never returned his call, never answered an email, never even got back to him. It just sat there in a drawer somewhere. So you got to wonder if HBO was always kind of angling, uh, you know, to, you know, to pick that show back up because they got True Blood, but they don't. But what HBO doesn't have right now is anything that's a marquee show. In in terms of respectability, I mean, I love True Blood, but let's just be honest. It's not like the you get no respect with True Blood. Yeah, it's not like it's not like the, the New Yorker is really going to come uh, to come to your side because of a vampire show. So, I it would not surprise me because he asked for a lot of money. It wouldn't surprise me if HBO said uh, or you know or AMC said you know we'll pay you, but then we're going to screw you by not promoting the show, which is not like out of the question because NBC did that to the original Battlestar Galactica years ago. So, all right. Well, in any event, let's pay a visit to the uh, news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. 
In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center downtown Portland. It is now 508. There's a chance of a thunderstorm today. Highs in the 80s and dropping back into the 70s. Remember the 70s? They're coming back tomorrow. A Vancouver man killed by a train. The 62-year-old was hit walking westbound at the entrance of Wintler Park in the 6400 block of Beach Drive. He shouldn't have been walking on the railroad tracks. A Frisbee golfer has been seriously injured after tumbling 30 feet into a gravel pit and clocking his head on some rocks. Francisco Contreras was lifelighted out of Vance Park in Southeast after he chased his Frisbee through a hole in the fence and lost his balance, tumbling into the hole. One-third of Oregon schools have failed the no-child-left-behind rules. That's 5% more than last year. In order to pass, 60% of all the kids have to be up to grade level in reading and 59% in math. Sadly, they failed miserably, but it's only school. Well, thank goodness that America has the Clintons. <coughs> They're stealing headlines again. North Korea Aspoin got Bill Clinton to bring back those uh, wandering girls who shouldn't have been there in the first place. Now, I'm confused. These aren't the same. These aren't the, the hippies are, from Corvallis or wherever. There's, no, these girls work for uh, uh, Al Gore's TV station. Oh, is this... Uh, Current? Current. It, it, that, it's not Lisa Ling. Yes. It, these are uh, two girls. Do I know her from somewhere? Is she a, a journalist or something? Is she somebody of note? She's the sister of that uh, girl who's on... Not The View... See, that's Laura and I were having this discussion yesterday. Is who is the girl who was on the View, and is that the girl or the no. sister of the girl it's who was? It's gonna be the sister of the girl. It can't it's be the, the sister. Girl. Who was the girl on the View? This the girl who who was uh, let go is Laura Ling. Okay, and Una her, Lee. Her sister is Lisa. Lisa. Laura Ling yes. is Lisa Ling's sister. That's okay. That's where it's Laura and Lisa. That's why I'm getting the the confusion. Okay, all right. So so Bill Clinton went over and greased, speaking of a guy who knows people, went over and greased the necessary palms. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Good for him. Well done, Bill Clinton. In the meantime, uh, Hillary's star is rising because the Clintons always work as a pair. Yes. Uh, so they're topping the news today. She says North Korea's release of those two journalists is a separate issue from nuclear nonproliferation talks. She tells the Today Show that her husband Bill's mission represented a breakthrough in dealing with the communist nation, and we should thank the Clintons with every breath we take. But I want to be sure people don't confuse what Bill did, which was a private humanitarian uh, mission to bring these young women home with our policy, which continues to be one that gives choices to North Korea. I wonder if she takes a sort of grim satisfaction in watching Obama just drown into this health care debacle. Because that was, you know, that they got so badly screwed their first term out trying to pass universal health care. And, and Congress just shafted them like nobody's business. So I, I wonder if she has a certain sort of perverse thrill out of seeing the same thing happen to the Obama administration. Uh, Hillary described Bill Clinton's feelings. He was so relieved <laughs> and so happy They're mostly abreast. bringing these young women home. I, I think it's, in a way, even more personal since we have a daughter. Yeah, we're bringing young women approximately, home. Approximately uh, the same age. All right. I'm sorry. I should have waited to the end of the soundbite to make that joke, but I just couldn't. It was just right there. They're the same uh, age as his daughter. You had to listen carefully to that. Let's do it. Really? Did I miss that part? Yes. Oh, let's play that one more time. I'm sorry. This is about Bill Clinton's feelings. He was so relieved and so happy to be bringing these young women home. I, I think it's, in a way, even more personal since we have a daughter approximately uh, the same age. Let's play, I think that was a keeper. Let's play what year is that soundbite from? <laughs> Awesome. All right. Uh, it's 503-228. brought back in some other context later in the program. 4101. Um, 
Uh, Steve Kastenbaum, you're going to be joining us from CNN Radio straight ahead. We'll talk about this. I know this guy that went nuts in, in Pittsburgh and the, the shot all those people at the gym. Yeah. Uh, that's creepy. Uh, next hour, CNN Radio. 52 shots fired. 52? Yeah. All right. Steve Kastenbaum, straight ahead. Later on, Jim Roop. More Ryan White, stay there. The show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone in accordance with prophecy. Everybody wow. kneel before me just for like three seconds. No. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up next hour, seeing a radio correspondent, Jim Roop will join us from uh, Los Angeles. Oregonian music critic Ryan White will be here at 7 o'clock. And uh, we'll also have an, uh, I guess it's the first installment of Fan Mail from Prison. I don't think we've done one of these in a long, long time. We haven't. Lisa would nice to do it on the Pug Show, but because uh, we would get a ton of creepy... <laughs> prison letters by the well, way we need to encourage them to write i'm yes, please i'm looking at this guy's i don't think it's his i have to it's, not look at, his, look at fo- his eyes his photograph is terrifying it's like he looks into your soul and i apologize now because i realize that it's for any number of reasons it's probably not uh probably not tenable to scan his photo and put it on the website a because i don't think it would scan i think he would i i think i, I think he's like a vampire i don't think you can photograph vampires and i don't think you can scan this guy's picture you look at him, and it's like he, he is just looking deep into your innermost thoughts and fears. So I've actually taken this, this letter from, from the, the, you got from this prison guy. I've put it face down over here because leaving his photograph visible just freaks me out. It makes it impossible for me to do the show. So we'll get to that here in just a bit. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Hansen Show. He has exceptional handwriting, though, as do most of the guys who write you letters from prison for some reason that I can't quite quantify. Hello, Steve Kastenbaum. How are you? I'm doing well. Wow, she gets letters from men in prison. That's awesome. I never knew anybody who did that. It's uh, pretty cool. I haven't gotten a letter from... Uh, Lara uh, asked me last night. She's like, well, do you get... Honey, do you get fan letter, letters from prisoners? And I said that not for a long time. And the last time I got a letter from any, anybody in uh, jail, I think it was I was working in Utah, which is years and years ago. And you would always spot those because they came on bright orange paper. The See, Utah... My, they're white paper now. See, that's... And I think it, in Utah, their whole thing was they wanted you to always know you were getting a letter from prison. They, they never wanted you to be able to... Like, if you if you talk to anybody who's in the... Um, like, if you talk to anybody who's in the L.A. County Jail, for example, about every 30 seconds, there's a recording that comes on, and it says, you are talking to an inmate at the L.A. County Jail, because they don't want you to be able to, to call out and scam somebody. So it is with, with Utah prison letters. But here, it's like just on reg, regular paper. They all have... Every letter I've seen from an Oregon jail or prison, they all have miniature handwriting. I mean, it's tiny. It's both sides of a piece of paper completely filled up, and the handwriting is always exceptional. And I get the feeling that's because there's a lot of time to kill in jail, so you might, you know, you want to stretch out every every task as long as humanly possible. Yeah, I have a full drawer full of uh, prison letters. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See what you're missing out on, Steve? It's kind of it's kind of fascinating. Uh, I never got that when I DJ'd. Wow. All right, I'm going to put this over. You know who? You know what format gets a lot of uh, uh, jail calls is country. I used to work. Tim, you've been there. Oh not, yeah. Not jail. I, so mean, much, I, I mean, I've had people get out of like uh, you know the county prison in Los Angeles calling me up during the night show, and while they were making their request, you could hear the siren coming up in the background. They had just committed a crime, and, and we're about to be taken <laughs> back before hearing the request. But they want to hear that Charlie Pride song right before the man sticks him in the back of a squad car again. Uh, 
All right. Well, in any event, um, well, I hate to be like Johnny Buzzkill right out of the gate, but I, I guess we should talk about this guy in Pittsburgh. So what? I, when I went to bed last night, it, it, things were still a little, a little chaotic. But as of this morning, I think we know a little bit of what, what went on. And I think it was something 50-something 50, 50 shots fired, and I, I think a total of four people that were, were killed. Am I, am I kind of in the ballpark there? That's it. They say this guy walked into an L.A. fitness uh, workout um, gym in the uh, Pittsburgh area, tur- went to the area where they have the aerobics classes and other classes, turned off the lights, and just started shooting indiscriminately, uh, killed three women, and uh, he, too, was killed. Uh, still not clear what the motive was, but uh, there are published reports in the newspapers this morning in Pittsburgh that he apparently kept an online diary and was apparently planning this shooting for some time. You know, the the business of turning off the light is the detail, I think, that everybody has found the, the creepiest. There's just something strange, something just deeply, I mean, it, above and beyond how awful the whole thing is, it's just that that particular stripe of the story is just, is, it, I, I don't know, the one that I, that I latched onto as being kind of the, the most unsettling. Did the diary say something like, "Hey, and by the way, next week I'm going to go be shooting a place up"? Or was it was it vague? Do we know anything? Any of the contents? Not sure, really. Uh, I haven't been able to find anything online. I'm sure the police, uh, if they have found it, have taken it down and are are uh, going going over it. Uh you know, word by word right now. But uh, that's the latest from the newspapers in Pittsburgh. Yeah, the whole thing is just is just very creepy. And then, it, but it looks like he's another one of the guys that went in there and, and you know, and, and did all this and then just kind of shot himself at the end. Right? That wasn't the cops that they didn't have to storm the place or anything. It was sort of resolved by the time they got there or. Sounds like that's the case. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess, there's, I, you know, there's really. Uh, I guess there's not a whole lot else to, to say at this point, simply because a of the details are still coming out, and b it just you know it seems to be awful and and sort of straightforward at the same time. Um, just uh, on a completely separate subject, uh, and it, it really is something that I want to uh, address today because this is the last day that all of us here are going to be together for like ten days or so because Tim Riley is gone tomorrow, and then starting Friday. I'm going to be gone, and then Sarah is gone all next week, and then Sarah and Greg and I are all going to be in New York at the same time next week, which is bizarre at any number of levels. Um, so, to your, to the best of your knowledge, if you're when you're in New York City, so Madison Avenue, which is the place that certainly for a long time, you know, throughout the '60s and '70s, that's where most of the advertising agency uh, agencies were based. Is that still the case? Is that are a lot of those businesses still centrally located on Madison Avenue, or have they gone elsewhere over the years? That's a really good question. I would imagine that there are still ad agencies there on Madison Avenue, but they have also fanned out across the U.S. I'm sure Los Angeles has a large share of them, too. I don't know the answer to that question. However, uh, all those shops, when you go further north on Madison Avenue, I'm sure your wife will be uh, interested in this, all those really expensive shops that they feature uh, in Sex and the City, those are all there. Yeah, see, because I'm trying to put together some sort of like a, uh, Laura and I are big fans of, of walking tours, but of sort of unconventional, you know, stuff that you don't you don't see most of the time. And we are wondering if there's some sort of, the, like a like an advertising, like, a you know, the, the golden age of American industry and advertising tour, where you can go through and see kind of where a lot of those iconic um, ad agencies and creative agencies were based during that Mad Men era. So. I don't know there's anything specific to that. I do know that there are a bunch of tours that they have now in New York that are uh, based on like shows, like Sex in the City and other shows. So if there's a particular show in New York that you that that's you know featured in New York uh, that you like, you can actually take a tour 
based on that show, and they'll br- bring you around the city. So it's very possible. Yeah, I, uh, I, I certainly I wouldn't. Sex- <laughs> I wouldn't know anybody who took the Sex in the City bus tour. No, certainly nobody it in this studio. Was awesome. My sister and I did. Was it a double decker bus? It it was no. Was the guy who talked through a thing like this and said, "Look to the left." No, it was some like really embarrassing girl who's like you know. A comedian? Yeah, she was uh, totally a comedian, and she was like, trying to be all sassy. It was really embarrassing. That's the. I will say this. That is one of the, the real dangers if you take any sort of a uh, a tour like that, is that you are going to be trapped on a bus with some ninth-rate Henny Youngman who just wants to use you because they can't, you know, they can't get on stage at the comedy store for open mic night. So instead, they're going to inflict all their alleged humor on you, uh, you know. And meanwhile, you're just wanting to see like the house where like the Sopranos lived or something. And it just becomes a living, breathing hell on earth. I did a story on that uh, Sex in the City tour bus. Let me tell you, if you're a single guy coming to New York and you've only got a few days here and you want to want to meet some women to hang out with, that's the tour bus to go on. You'll be the only guy on the bus. Would you like to meet desperate women drinking Cosmos by the fistful? Take the Sex in the City tour. Hey! Uh, no, I'm not saying. I mean, you're the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> um, uh, final question. Do, do you know, like, as we get uh, closer to the Mad Men Season 3 premiere, which is going to be uh, a week from this coming Sunday, have you uh, pitched at all to CNN the idea of doing, you know, going and finding some of those guys who actually worked in New York advertising agencies back in the 60s and kind of getting their thoughts on how realistic that show is? I have not, and that's only because I haven't latched on to, to that show. Uh, you know, I have a limited amount of time to watch TV, so there's a few series that I've liked, and, and, I've, and Entourage is back on TV now, so I'm, 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 like, into that one. But that's a good idea. You know, I, I got off the Entourage wagon, I think, around season four or so, because it was, it was, like, how many times can I watch a show where at the end everything comes together, and, like, you know, and what's his name? Vince goes back to banging supermodels. It just... it. I I, found, I started to find the show really off-putting for some reason that I couldn't that I couldn't quite quantify. Uh, it just became I don't know it, 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 for some reason that show morphed from a thing I really liked into a really bad episode of MTV Cribs. Uh, it started to irritate me. I don't know why. It would have been a lot more fun if he had stayed in Queens, like you know, if, if the Scorsese film never came through, and and he and you follow him through here in New York trying to read. A, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's, it's lost it. Yeah, no, it's, I think the fine, the last episode that I really watched was when I think it was after they sold uh, Medi Ian for like a dollar to the Harvey Weinstein guy. Uh, I watched two or three episodes after that, and then I just uh, then I just drifted away. But I'll I'll come back at some point. Well, I'm looking forward to having you here in New York, uh, and I, I'm trying to figure out. You know, I want you to have a real New York experience, and so I've picked out like a real Brooklyn Italian restaurant to go to with you guys because, uh, and it's one of those restaurants that you know, like you know, when people go to Little Italy and they go to those massive big restaurants with the long tables that everybody right. sits at, and and you think you're getting real uh, Italian food. I'm going to bring you to a restaurant in Brooklyn that those restaurants in Little Italy wish they were. Excellent. Awesome. Look, all right. So that is. Uh, <laughs> so we're all going to be. So Greg and Sarah, and myself, will all be in New York uh, next week, and uh, I'll be uh, kind of posting updates to my website, and we'll be, uh, you know, doing some call-ins. And stuff, yes, so. even we've known you for years, but we've all never met before. Exactly. I'm really excited about this. My wife is clearing her calendar. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, as always, my friend, it is a pleasure. Have a great day. We will uh, see you next week, sir. Take care. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Oh, he just made me hungry talking about the Italian food. Don't think about it. Put it out of your mind. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we should say first and foremost, we'll take a break here. We'll come back, uh, talk to Tim Riley. But so tomorrow, um, our good friend Dave Schmidtke uh, will be joining us I like here. Dave. Yeah, we'll talk more about uh, Dave coming out. I emailed back and forth to him last night. And he was like, so what time do I have to be there on Thursday exactly? When do I have to show up? And 
Uh, so usually around three in the morning. I, I was so, it's adequate time to prepare for the program. I almost did. I almost emailed him to be like, I don't know, around two a.m. usually. Um, but I, I, I told him I said, you know, if you said Sarah and I will, you know, we'll we'll get some of the work done for you, and the, you know, but uh, he'll be in tomorrow, and then uh, next week, Tim will be here. Sort of hosting some of the best of segments, and then uh, Sarah and I will be kind of smoking calling in. That's right. And then Ascot. All right, straight ahead, more from Tim Riley at the news desk. Jim Roop next hour at 620, talking about uh, the sentencing of Chris Brown today. Oregonian music editor Ryan White will be here at 7 o'clock. And uh, later on, we'll have your chance to win third road tickets for the Summer of Rock, featuring Stained, Shinedown, Hailstorm, and Chevelle. Stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Wednesday morning. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. In pop culture. Greetings, Optimus Prime. I am Mega Chest. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up next hour, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop at 620, 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll have Oregonian music editor Ryan White with us. And uh, coming up later on, your chance to win third row tickets for the Summer of Rock featuring Stained, Shinedown, Chevelle, Hailstorm, and more. Be listening for that. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 5.43. There's a chance of a thunderstorm today. High temperatures in the 80s. Dropping back into the 70s tomorrow. Well, speaking of lightning, there have been more than 6,400 lightning strikes. How do they count these things? Leading to 122 new fires across Oregon. That just shows how big of a state it is. Look out the window. See smoke? No. That's how big it is. We can afford to lose a few trees. Oregon's wildfire season took a swift and dramatic upturn with 122 new fires. Uh, Ten straight days of above-average temperatures and little rain have left Oregon's forests on both sides of the Cascades extremely dry. Yet I still see people throwing cigarettes out the window. I was driving behind a guy the other day, and he tossed a cigarette out, and it, it was that thing where he threw it out, and the wind caught it, and it blew right into a ditch. And I actually said, and I, I, I had pondered sort of pulling over and, you know, going and inspecting to make sure that nothing. And I think I came to the conclusion that that particular day, this is before the big heat wave, that it was sort of too wet for anything to happen. But you do, it, it is sort of a maze that we just haven't burnt this whole joint down by now. Yeah. Because you're just surrounded by idiots left and right. And really, you just, you see those wildfires that happen in California every year. And you realize it just takes one jackass throwing the wrong thing out of the wrong car and everything is going to be uh, hosed. Hundreds of Portland residents showed their support for National Night Out last night. Many residents spoke with police to express concerns about their neighborhoods. Others took time to sign up for services like a dentic kid that helps to locate missing children. The event is designed to help promote crime prevention and drug prevention through cities across the nation. A recent rash of shootings was a concern to many residents, but there's nothing that can be done about it. Wait, is this everywhere? Was this just here? Yes, everywhere. I guess national, national would denote that it was everywhere. National across the nation. I well, I saw the headline this morning. It was a national night out, and I didn't. I didn't read the article. I just saw the headline, and I thought it was like everybody was going out for for booze or something. I thought it was like everybody was going drinking. Sort of, you know. Well, the like sad a, part was in Pittsburgh. Uh, somebody did get off the street and went into a gym. I so, thought it was. 
Oh, I thought it was like a, like an Eng- like in England where they have like you know the big day out or whatever where it was uh, everybody was supposed to go to a like bar a and crawl. have a few. You know, I, I mean, we don't need a day about uh, attributed to that around here. Well, the national night out makes no sense. What was the was the thinking? Just if everybody is standing outside Holding or something, hands that there were candles and whatnot. <laughs> some Princess Diana thing, swaying back and forth, singing MacArthur Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there will be there'll be no violence of any kind. Right. All right. Well, that's yeah. Good. The violent people are just staying home. I, you know, or, or breaking into their homes because they're not there. I was just going to say, or possibly in your living room, rummaging through your things while you were down at the local rec center. Uh, there was nobody doing anything in, in Southeast, by the way. Just like FYI. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. You know what? I don't think there were any shootings last night in Southeast. No. Well, no. Maybe, not that we know of so far. I mean, I think we've moved on to stabbings, though, in my neighborhood. If, if the news of the last few days is any indication, we've uh, we've just we've gone old school, Tim. We've moved to blades. Uh, the Portland police officer facing charges for allegedly harassing women over the phone handed in his resignation. Joseph File was arrested by fellow officers for multiple counts of official misconduct. Among uh, 20 counts of television, television harass, telephone harassment, his trial is set for next month. Oh, by the way, that, uh, that police officer in Boston suspended after using a racial slur. Now he went out and got a lawyer. And now... This is just crazy. He claims that he's being, his civil rights have been violated after he was the one that made the remark. Uh, Officer Barrett claims in his suit, in his suit, that public comments have damaged his reputation and have made him ill. (laughs) Say his lawyer. I won't argue with the ill part. This is the guy who uh, forward. He sent this mass email about where he used all these horrific uh, racial uh, slurs referring to Obama. All right. Mm -hmm. Well. Yes, clearly he's clearly he's been mistreated in his life. Well, who can blame that uh, Boeing's engineering union is not going to stand by and let its members drink yellow drinking water? The colored water is reportedly coming from some company drinking fountains in Kent. The union has distributed about 500 water bottles that its members can fill at home. Boeing and the union are discussing the situation. The representatives have been collecting the water from suspected fountains. The by the way, are available. just speaking of water... Uh, I saw this article the other day that in Manhattan now, because we're going to be in New York next week, so I was, I don't know, I was looking up something or other, and there's this guy in New York that started this whole business. It's, it's kind of genius, actually, where he just sells, he's just sell, you know, he sells bottled water, mm-hmm. which, and, you know, and all bottled water is tap water, but I think his is actually just called tap water. And it's bottles of water that sell for like $3.50. And people see it, and it says on the side, like, this is New York City tap water. But, of course, because Americans have like a weird consumerist blind spot for, for, for things that come in bottles, the people just have been buying it off the shelves. And there was this huge expose they tried to do where they were going to reveal the fact that this is just tap water. And the guy pointed out, if you look at the side, it just says tap water in huge letters. They so, should call it something like Bronx Spring Water. I mean, that was he didn't even have to do that, though. It's like he literally was just taking like a hose from the tap and just right into the bottle and he's settling, you know, giving it to stores. And they're selling for like three fifty a pop. And that's the thing. You're walking around in New York. They screw you on that because... You find yourself they getting dehydrated. Well, because in, and they sell that, and there's always the cart selling the tiny little bottle, mm-hmm. and it's that bottle of Poland Springs water, which seems to have some sort of a monopoly with every street in oh, New yeah, York. Oh, yeah, with the green label and the, the white writing? The green label, and it's, I mean, it's miniaturized, and it's like a dollar seventy-five, and it, I mean, it effectively, it functions as like a water shot. You take it, you're just, oh, still so thirsty, must keep walking. So the last time Laura and I went to New York, we actually brought a whole separate, like a small 
bag with us that literally was just like several huge bottles of water that we would then uh, refill because otherwise you just get it's like at Disneyland Disneyland was just I haven't been there for years but I remember going to Disneyland and it was like the rides were set like if you were going from one section of Disneyland to another and if it was summertime things were set just far apart uh, enough that you would have to walk what seemed like about 70 miles in the sun and then right as you were getting toward like the Indiana Jones ride or whatever there would be a guy selling like Selling like those like mouse bar things, those ice cream bars. Here you go. Would you like a mouse bar, guy who's been walking in the sun for six hours? It's only five dollars. So, all right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Let's do a taser watch. Here's your uh, taser watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Here's Tim Riley with your Taser Watch for Tuesday, uh, Wednesday. A child's Virginia baptism has ended up being a real shocker. Responding to a noise complaint in Prince William County, police tried to quell an assembled crowd who were making too much of a racket by firing a taser at the child's grandfather and at the pregnant mother of the baptized child. The officers uh, said they placed a call to the homeowner who said, well, he was intoxicated and refused to reduce the volume. The homeowner is a church family counselor and a Bible study teacher. His son, Edgar, claims he was tasered three times after producing his ID for police. The elder Rodriguez was arrested for public intoxication in his own backyard. How is that possible? Uh, Police say, uh, the two say police use excessive force to quiet down a backyard party. A home video of the scene shows a relatively tame event. The pregnant mother of the baptized child was also tasered in the back after officers <laughs> said she assaulted a police officer. It's wrong that we're laughing. I and know. is now being held separate from her family by Customs and Immigration Enforcement. Oh, so she was a legal alien. You hear that, Lou Dobbs? I think that uh, I think that tasers all, when they issue a taser to a cop, though, just for our own amusement, if nothing else, they all ought to have like a little miniaturized camera inside, you know, like a little flip phone camera or something. Just... Uh, you know, because they all, they've got the dashboard cameras now, and I mean the, the technology is dirt cheap. If they're going to give a cop a taser, it ought to have uh, just like a little camera in the front, so that we can see the person that it's being used on. That'd be great. I mean, because you know that, that you know then it's good for the purposes of of uh, you know public debate if there's some discussion about whether the tasing was warranted. You know, and then maybe they could make some sort of like a uh, like a pay per view uh, you know website or something where you could go there and you could watch all the tasings as they happen. Excellent. There you go. Oh, by the way, just real quickly, speaking of CNN, did you see that? Uh, Who's David Schuster? Did you see him talking to that uh, Orly Tavitz woman or whatever her name is? That that uh, that crazy birth certificate lady? No, I did not. I have. I've gone back and forth in my head about whether or not any of this audio actually works for the show because she's such a lunatic. I mean, well, all these people are. No, but I mean, she. It's it's unreal. Uh, it, she's like. She's like Ariana Huffington if you dosed her with acid and then filled her full of methamphetamine. Mm. I, I guess by I guess now I have to play part of it. Um, yeah, I'll, it's you like do. <laughs> it's like five minutes long, so I'm not gonna play the whole thing. I'll get the uh, I'll get the audio during the break and we'll play it uh, maybe next hour. But she is a improbably enough past the bar at some point. She's a lawyer, and she is the head of the. Because now there's the deal where they they found this Kenyan birth certificate that shows that Barack Obama was born in Kenya. Even though I think 
Kenya didn't exist as such at that point. I think I think it was like either either Kenya didn't exist or like the place they were saying he was born like didn't exist until like 15 years later, mm-hmm. which stops stops no one, uh, of course. But they've they have this like really crudely fabricated, I mean clearly fake Kenyan birth certificate. They're waving at the camera insisting that he was born there and she has just an absolute meltdown. Uh, being interviewed by this guy. And he comes off as a jackass, too, by the way. Let's have no illusions about that. But she's flat-out screaming bonkers. So I'll get that. We'll, we'll play that uh, no, next there's hour. There's a lot of that stuff going on. Oh, it's... It, it, because they're infiltrating all these like political meetings out with these screamers. Well, I think they're trying to look as like they're the voice of the common people yeah. with that. All right. Well, it's a good time. It's a golden time for there crazy. There just too many Come. common people around. Coming. And needed to be rounded up. Coming up, coming up next hour... The rounding up begins. Also, we'll talk to uh, Jim Roop from CNN. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Ryan White from the uh, Oregonian. There's your Taser Watch. Give me my photos! Only on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO Portland. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503. 228-4101, or you can email. It's rick at rickemerson.com. You can also text 520 Coming up at 620 this hour, we'll talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles. That is this hour at 620. Uh, I guess Chris Brown gets his official sentencing today. And then there's some, some additional uh, the weirdness on the uh, on the Jackson front. And I'm going to ask him this business about uh, Jackson not having a nose, about it just being a... Did you ever post that photograph of Jackson no. Sands' nose? No, I'm, I can't. So there was... I mean, it's way too gross. It was a great moment after yesterday's show. So we're, we're all uh, sitting around, and, and uh, it was the four of us and Chris Paddock, and we were mentioning the nose thing. And Paddock goes, I haven't seen that photograph. What do you mean there's a photograph with no nose? And we said, well, it's, a, it's sort of an artist's rendering. Where they have taken Jackson's uh, face and they have just, they've given him like a jack-o'-lantern nose or something where they've just, it's just been removed. No, it's just like been scooped out. It looks like a, like an upside down, like brown heart. It's like he had, yeah, that's it's exact, disgusting. that's exactly what it is. It it's looks like hollowed a, out. and like just, oh, A rounded it's... triangle right in the center of his face. <sighs> And, and it's, like, so, shadowed, too, so it really looks like there's a gaping hole in his face. And then there was this horrible moment where Paddock is going through Google image search, and he's showing us, like, a hundred different Jackson photos. Is this the one right here? How about this one? How about this one? So having to see all of these photos of Michael Jackson's uh, the face where people have photoshopped in, like, a huge hole where the nose would be. Anyway, uh, but my question is, like, where do you go to get a fake nose made? Like that's another thing you can have, just go to the. It's not like you can go to the medical supply store and get that next to the uh, you know those well, spongy like mattresses or something. Prosthetics. I mean, like places maybe you can get like fingers and arms. See, maybe through a catalog. See, you say that, but I don't know that that's true, because 
In other words, I, I think getting a prosthetic arm is maybe, you know, it's not like it's a thing everybody has, but it's also not unheard of. Like, in other words, if you met a guy who had a prosthetic leg, you probably wouldn't think much of it. You go, ah, I know you, a guy who has a prosthetic yeah, leg. Yeah, guy's got a fake leg. What are you going to do? You met a guy that had a full-on fake nose, you would, uh, you'd be caught off guard by that. That's not a thing. bad nose jobs. And see, there's bad, there's bad nose jobs, and then there's like, hey, I've got a plastic nose I have to duct tape to the front of my face. I don't know where that would be made, and I don't know why it wouldn't have come out beforehand. Like, if you were the doctor that created, well, first of all, if you were the doctor that created Michael Jackson's fake nose, don't you think we would have heard of that you know, from that guy now? I mean, Jackson's dead. Why would and everybody? I mean, the people who just walked by him in the kitchen one time are on Larry King talking about it. Um, you know, the, 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 like the chef is going on rhapsodizing about how much he loves cilantro or something. So, if you were the guy that created a fake nose to go on the front of Michael Jackson's head. Which isn't like out of the question. It, it seems like we would have, uh, whoever that is, would have uh, would have appeared on camera by now. Mm-hmm. So I just the whole thing is fascinating to me. Maybe, but then again, you know, they did such crappy work. That maybe they don't. <laughs> they don't want attention. to be known. They don't want to be known as the fashioner of the bad nose. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, do this. Pay a visit to the uh, news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center downtown Portland. It is now 6.05. We have a chance of a thunderstorm today, which would be great. And uh, high temperatures today will be in the 80s. And then tomorrow, back down into the 70s. The child of one of the victims of an Eastern Oregon triple homicide believes drugs are what caused the murders. Nicole Sloan believes the death of her mother, Shannon, had to do with drugs. Sloan said both her mother and Frank Samuzi, another victim, and her mother's boyfriend had drug habits. What a family. The bodies of all these people and a man named Jeremiah Johnston were discovered near Elgin, Oregon. And then uh, another guy's body was found dismembered, and police have arrested Gregory Cook for the three murders. Cook allegedly told Seattle reporters he's sorry. But uh, he was under the influence of methamphetamines at the time. It I hope can't be helped. Forget about it. Yeah. What can you do? Uh, tsunamis. Officials at Oregon's coast are being told to prepare for possible tsunamis in the future. Yes, because that's where we're going to be spending most of our time. A recent scientific study says the coastline is very likely to be the victim of a submarine earth movement or a volcanic eruption. This is the uh, the Oregon coast? Yeah. I... I've seen tsunami signs before. I do not like this. Mm-hmm. The report says either of these events are occurring about 150 miles out from Cannon Beach, and the effects could be felt in the next few decades. Does this mean I have to stand at the edge of the ocean with uh, Tay Leone and sort of consider all consider consider my my life, uh, you know, while we're waiting for Morgan Freeman to save us? Take steps now for tsunami preparedness. Yeah, I'll get right on that. Uh, okay, so I've got I should play just a little bit of this sound because I mentioned it before we went into the break. Yes. So this is this uh, this crazy woman, Orly uh, Tights or Tates. I guess is how you pronounce Orly her name. Tights. Orly tights. Or, Orly tights sounds like some sort of a. Uh, Orly tights. Uh, this sounds like maybe uh, like a like a an off brand medication uh, that you would take. Hey, speaking of which, Greg Nibbler, you you know about sports. Is it possible that there was a uh, that there's a guy who played football for the Giants whose name is Plaxico? Yes, yes, indeed. Isn't that the name of a cholesterol drug? It might be as well. It's also the name of an idiot who shot himself. Okay, that's the guy. Yeah, you know, the, that's the, the guy. Yeah, he shot himself in the thigh somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. he was at a club and shot himself in the thigh. How did that? How did? How was that a, a thing you can do? What is the explanation for that? That's that's a good question. I think that's what they're trying to figure out. He had the gun on himself, and I guess it was in his pocket, and somehow went <laughs> off and awesome. shot himself. Excellent. Yes. Now I was reading this story this morning, and it was like Plaxico, whatever. 
And which I swear to God is one of those things they advertise on television where they show the inside of your vein and then they show little pieces of, uh, you know, they show like cholesterol being shrunk and then passing harmlessly through your body. Mm. So this you're running through a park with butterflies. Exactly. Mm. This woman's name is uh, her name is Orly Tates. And so she is a lawyer and she's the head of this, you know, like Barack Obama was secretly born in Kenya movement. Mm -hmm. So she's on MSNBC, which is a channel kind of like CNBC in that I don't ever think about it. She's being interviewed by David Schuster, who is himself an ass. Let's have no uh, like have let's have no misconceptions about that. But somebody described her as looking like an angry fraggle, and I really agree with that assessment. She kind of looks like what is her like, name again? Her name is Orly Tates. O R L Y. Orly Tates. Uh, T A I T Z. And I don't know where she's from or what her accent is, but here's here's what she's like. You know what Dr. Laura looks like. So imagine if. Oh. Yeah, imagine if Chris Kattan was starved for about a month and then he was put in a dress and made to impersonate Dr. Laura while using Ariana Huffington's voice. That's kind of what this woman is. So I'm not going to play this whole thing because it's seven minutes and you'll want to kill yourself about a minute into this. So we're just going to skip through and hit some of the alleged highlights. Blank. Just w listen to right out of the gate. You can hear the tone for this whole thing. So this is uh, David Schuster. Uh, so, am I up over there? Let you me are just, indeed. Uh, all right. Hold on one second. And document. Um, Orly, um, we went through and explained all the things that are wrong about the document, but I want to start with something else, and that is first of all. He's asking about this this alleged birth certificate she has that claims that, that Obama was born in, in, in Kenya. First of all, the, the birth announcement in Hawaii, there were two of them, um, August 13th in the Honolulu Advertiser, August 14th in the Hawaii Star Bulletin announcing the birth of Barack Obama. How could these birth announcements have been fabricated 48 Absolutely. years before President Obama possibly took office. Absolutely. How would they have the foresight to uh, know that? Let me, okay. I just, I just need to know how much time do I have. I had bad experience in uh, CNN with Kitty Pilgrim. Where well, she if you'll just answer my question, we'll give you plenty of time. But answer the question. Respond. Okay. Fine, okay. but answer well, the question. Okay. About okay. Okay. Uh, in Hawaii, the way uh, uh, announcements were made in the newspapers, they had two types of uh, birth certificates, and that's why we're... So, like, right out of the gate, uh, she's just gone to, like, whatever her talking point is? What accent is that? I, that's my thing. Yeah. I don't know. And what kind of name is Orly? I mean, it's not like I care. It's just uh, one of those things I've it's never heard an before. Saying oily. So... She uh, sort of disregards him just from jump and goes to her, you know, whatever. There's the short form and there's the long form. And he is obviously trying to get a little bit of that Keith Oberman money uh, by, you know, by, by being the sort of the like the extreme, you know, like the left wing guy that kind of hammers on her. Mm -hmm. And then it just degenerates into shouting, which is awesome. That's this is exactly where I get on the bandwagon, uh, where it just becomes nothing but chaos. So, we're clear. so your allegation, Orly, Orly, your allegation here is that Barack Obama's family you, you, was somehow again, motivated uh, to lie listen, to white officials, including can you, Orly. You got to give me a second here. I just want to understand. Let me finish. No, Orly, I don't, the, because you are unable to listen. I didn't even get to the newspapers. Let me explain. So again, uh, like, she's getting really like, What is that voice? Where is that voice? from it almost has a shasha gabor type of thing that's what i was thinking which is and is she hungarian is that the deal yeah. is so Listen, to know the truth they're sick of their lives coming from from the mainstream media 85 percent of american citizens are saying obama was not vetted he needs to be vetted he needs to provide original birth certificates so now we have 85 <laughs> percent that's i knew that's why i played that section for you tim so we have 
the Canadian healthcare system, which kills one in five of its citizens, and we have 85% of Americans who are demanding that Barack Obama produce his birth certificate. Mm-hmm. So apparently you could just uh, pull things out of your ass and uh, wave them around as statistical uh, facts, and then it becomes true. So there you go. Well, I thought you'd appreciate that. The whole If you want to see the whole thing, I'll put it on my blog. But it's like its like seven minutes you'll never get back. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. That was pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, it was Barack Obama's birthday yesterday, celebrating that birth in Kenya. Uh, and he delivered a piece of cake to senior White House correspondent Helen Thomas. We haven't heard from Helen. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, it's like the office space. Happy birthday. Yes, even joke with the reporters. I will uh, leave it up to you, Helen, how you want to distribute the cupcakes. <laughs> All right, well, that was kind of a waste of time, now, wasn't it? <laughs> Let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll uh, take a break. So Michael Jackson's mother now wants a third autopsy. There's nothing left to his body, really. <laughs> what are they? It's just like an old piece <laughs> of beef jerky. With... <laughs> We're just going to cut up his shoes this time. Brain, she is not satisfied with whatever happened, and she wants a third time. Are they just going to keep doing the autopsy uh, until it comes up uh, that he was murdered or something? Is yeah, that? The, I, I mean, I don't so. mean to be to be you know rude, but I to be tacky about it. But it seems like that's the deal. She seems like, and I. Walk carefully because you don't want to, you know, she's, you know, she's a mother and so forth. And, you know, nobody, you don't want to think that your kid was a junkie. But I mean, that sounds like that sounds like the deal. It sounds like they want autopsy after autopsy until she comes up with an answer other than your kid was strung out on drugs. Mm -hmm. Yet he was an adult. And coming to a theater near you, if a judge agrees, a full length motion picture filled with footage of Michael Jackson's last rehearsals. All right. So who needs that, really? Well, let's do, do not want. straight ahead, we'll uh, have more from Tim Riley at the news desk. Coming up at 6.40, Jim Roop, 7 o'clock. We'll talk to Oregonian music critic uh, Ryan White. And sometime before the end of the show, we'll have a pair of third-row tickets for the Summer of Rock featuring Stain, Shinedown, Chevelle, and Hailstorm. Stay there. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Wednesday. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. Call 503-228-4101. Stick a bastard in it, you crap! The Rick Emerson Show returns! And vampires, sir. This is all true. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. We are live in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Via text at 52051, this just says, Please tell Sarah I also dated a bedwetter. There you go. Not that you're dating a bedwetter now. No, I'm not dating a bedwetter. We don't know that he was a serial bedwetter. Wait, do you know if this is not the guy that you are currently with? No, right now I'm, I'm, I'm dating the guitarist. The, uh, the old guy, the... Uh, the hipster. The wetter. He, uh, do you know if he did that before with other, um... I don't know if he's done it with other ladies, when but... he woke uh, up with other girls, he goes, I'm sorry. I've, but that uh, was the, that was the weird urine. thing, is when he was talking about it, and he's just like, oh, yeah, this happens a couple times a Then year. he got a stock explanation <laughs> standing still, by. still have his pee clothes at my house. Why? Because I haven't seen... Well, whenever I do see him, which randomly... <laughs> Dumpster. <sighs> no, no, no. I want to give them back to him. I feel bad. You've got okay. to, have you washed them? No, but I had the most awkward experience the other day. So I was out, um, not last night, but the night before with the guitarist. And like, we went out to dinner and like had like this really nice night. And then we went to this bar that was projecting a movie onto the side of uh, a building. And so we sat there, you know, and like, whatever, holding hands, you know, hanging out, having a beer. Went home. I heard from the guy, like the P-boy mm-hmm. yesterday. And it was he sent me a message that said, 
I saw you at Ron Tom's last night. Oh, creepy. And I didn't see him. I was underneath your table. No, and I didn't see him. And it was so weird. I'm like, oh. And I didn't know how to respond to that. So I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah I remember was... that guy came over dressed like a waiter with your creme brulee? That was me. I was like, oh, I was just there for a few minutes. Why don't you take me back? This Adam. is really awkward. That's I do not great. know what, how awesome. to respond to this. You were holding hands with the, uh, the guitarist? That doesn't sound like you. No offense. I know. I don't know. Is there something you'd like to share with the class? No, there's nothing I'd like to share. <laughs> Positive? Yes. Last every time chance. I, yes, every time I share something on the show, things go horribly awry. That is remember, true. Remember uh, the last time I was talking about the guy I was dating and then that lasted for about five minutes? After yeah. <laughs> it almost is like speaking it out loud, not in life, but here. Uh, it just sort of, it, that is the, it, this is the place where you really need to knock wood. It's not even in the rest of your existence. It's just when you're in this studio. Because as soon as you say something here, you know what this studio is? This studio is where everything is, everything in this studio is like Danny Glover being three days away from retirement or whatever in Lethal Weapon. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, here's a picture of my girl back home. I can't wait to get back, you know, stateside and see my baby boy. <laughs> Dead. That's exactly what every time you say something here. Boy, this job at CBS sure is going great. And, you know, the next thing you know, there's less moon vest standing in my office with a box. Uh, before the end of the show, we'll give away a pair of third row tickets for the Summer Rock at the Amphitheater of Clark County, featuring Tim Riley's favorite new band, Shinedown. Also, Stain, Chevelle, and uh, Hailstorm, plus an invitation to a special private acoustic performance from Shinedown earlier uh, in the day. And I believe Tim Riley will be in attendance at that, too, more than likely. Yes, it'll be a private affair. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> let's do this. We'll pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the News with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 627. There's a chance of thunderstorms today, highs in the 80s, and dropping back into the 70s tomorrow. With a stroke of his pen, Governor Kulingowski signed an historic law giving every child in Oregon access to health care. We now join 12 other states offering universal health care for kids. Too bad they can't do it nationally, but national politicians can't seem to accomplish anything. There'll be an advertising blitz telling parents how the program works and how to sign up. Michael Atkins has been charged in the stabbing death of a homeless man whose lifeless body was found underneath the steel bridge Monday night. Jesse Moses died of multiple stab wounds following a brawl involving several homeless people. Six of the next generation of Max trains will be moving down the tracks for the first time this week. They have more seats and windows than the old ones. And they weigh less. 22 will be used on the new green line opening up next month. Oh, wait, where does the green line go? Is that, is that, that's that's not the question. Clackamas thing, is it? I don't know. What is the, uh, Sarah, what is a green line? I have no I idea. ask like you're a big Max rider. <laughs> I've Greg? never ridden the Max once in my life. <laughs> green line? Max, uh, Max well, Green? Out, Max I am pretty sure that is the Clackamas line. That's from here to Clackamas and back again. Yes. All right. Well, I'm sure that'll. I'm sure that'll bring nothing but good into our city. Nothing but happiness. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, get ready for. Well, if you're watching NBC, and probably nobody isn't, they're already complaining that we're about to be bombarded with Jay Leno promos on NBC, which would be obnoxious if anybody was watching it. Uh, NBC's promotional tactics for Mr. Leno involved infiltrating mundane activities and inserting Mr. Leno's. Well, misguided humor every two minutes into several of the already not watched dramas. On I don't NBC. understand. In other oh, words, so he's going to make like cameos. So if you're yes. watching like uh, what is a show on NBC? Grey's I don't know. Anatomy? I was going to say Grey's Anatomy, but I think let's that's ABC. That let's pursue. Let's assume for the moment it's Grey's Anatomy. So if you're watching it's like Grey's Catherine Anatomy, it's going to be on her deathbed, and then Jalen's going to be like, hey. before I want you to tell my son 
that what is the deal with swizzle sticks or whatever? It's like, and then Jay Leno suddenly appears, and is that the deal? Yes. All right. Well, you know, that is, I think, a little bit of a lift from Jimmy Kimmel, who did something like that when he uh, when he got the you know the late night gig because they, Kimmel had one of the best intros ever to his show. That was the thing where he bid farewell to cable because he was doing the man show with Corolla, mm-hmm. which is on Comedy Central. So Kimmel did this fantastic bit where he was like saying goodbye to cable and he walked they simulated this business where he would walk from one cable channel to another and they had him walking on to the sets of various cable TV shows on all kinds of different channels. You know, like on the, the Discovery Channel or whatever, and he would, you know, goodbye Discovery, goodbye, uh, you know, Mike Rowe of Dirty Jobs, goodbye Mythbusters, and then he would walk over to like, uh, you know, he'd walk over to like MSNBC, for example, you know, goodbye David Schuster, and then he ended up on network TV at ABC. This sounds like a less interesting version of that, which makes sense because Jay Leno is a less interesting version of like everything. He really is. A man has been arrested for inhaling 28 cans of whipped cream at a Destin, Florida Walmart. The 33-year-old man was deserved by a loss prevention officer picking up, opening, and sniffing 7-ounce cans of whipped cream. Each can contains nitrous oxide or laughing gas, and when inhaled, it will induce a condition of intoxication and glee. The man was arrested for inhalation of harmful substances. Does it actually say intoxication and glee? Yes. Why do they have to make it sound so magical? They make it sound like something I want to try right now. Let's all go get whipped cream. I wouldn't think that they would still be putting nitrous oxide in whipped cream, though. I thought they would have... That's what kids used to do back in my time who worked in the whipped cream aisle. Is that true? (laughs) The whipped cream aisle. Where are you? I'll be over in uh, aisle seven. It's nothing but... All the kids uh, wanted to work there back then. Something but whipped cream and Smarties. Don't you think that they would have put something else in there that doesn't get you high? Mm -hmm. Because the man takes... Look, here's the thing. When I was at the the hospital on whatever... What is today? Wednesday. So uh, Monday. And I went and got my ears clean, blah, blah, blah. She asked, she said, well, have you had a head cold or something recently? I said, well, I had this kind of allergy and a little bit of a head cold congestion. She said, okay, I'm going to write you a, a prescription for some Sudafed. And she, it was, you know, it's like the liquid kind, but still it's just a regular, basically off-the-shelf Sudafed. And we had that whole discussion about how you can't buy any of that stuff now without a prescription. And I just flat out asked her, I said, look, like, Doc, be- between you between you and I, that stuff they put on the shelf now, at, like when you go to the Safeway and there's the, the, cold and, the cold and cough aisle, that new kind of Sudafed they put out, it doesn't do anything, does it? And she stopped, and I could tell the question. She was trying to figure out how to answer it. And she was choosing every one of her words really carefully. And I said, that new Sudafed is completely ineffective, isn't it? And she said, well, it is substantially less effective. That is true. <laughs> Gotta go! And then she just, like, left the room. So that's obviously something that everybody is aware of. Uh, well, here's something ridiculous. Uh, you asked for it, and now you can have it. The iPhone application called RunP is available for download. Now you can check your pee times. So this is how you find out how close you are to Sarah's apartment. Mm-hmm. Now you can check your pee times from the theater. There's even a built-in timer to let you know how long it is to your next pee time. Oh, this is so you can leave a movie without missing anything that important. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. RunP.com lists movies that are currently in movie theaters, and when they think it'll be the best time to take a pee. This way, you'll know what's going on and you won't miss anything. You'll no longer miss those ultra-important scenes or need to come back to your seat and ask someone, what did I miss? Okay. Straight ahead, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Oregonian music editor Ryan White will be here. And uh, sometime before the end of the show, a pair of third-row tickets over the Summer of Rock featuring Stain, Shinedown, Chaffel, and Hailstorm. At this juncture, though, if you're Caller 10, you win a copy of the complete second season of Pushing Daisies on DVD. The Emmy-winning uh, described, uh, any winning show described, it's a thing. It's a show, and it's a fix. Can you stop? I have, to, I have to do that again. 
<laughs> what was that about? That was me mangling the copy points. Oh, I know how you feel. <laughs> All right. Shall we go again? Let's try it again. Take Ready two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about that? If you're Caller 10 right now, you want a copy of the second season of Pushing Daisies on DVD, the critically acclaimed Emmy-winning show described as quirky and different, but very entertaining. Not That's unlike like you. Myself, yes. <laughs> Complete second season on DVD right now to Caller 10. Be back after this. Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. Call 503-228-4101. Stick a bastard in it, you crap. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. You're bad people. You know, you're the one who wants to cry how many, or count how many times the girls cry on that More to Love show. I think we should have a, a weekly, like, guesstimation. A cryometer? A cryometer. Like, like make a tally every time one of them starts crying on camera. And it's always, you know, here's the thing. You watch that, uh, well, I should say one my of the girls actually said, I have so much love to give. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't. It just sounds like such a parody of itself. Uh, yes. That, I need someone just to squeeze it out of me. <laughs> he makes me forget about my thighs. Uh, all right. That, did she say size or thighs? Thighs. That's she what I see. Thighs. I thought that's what she said, but then in retro, I was thinking she couldn't have said that. Because that's just ridiculous. She's, she's, a, to, she's a thighs queen. Isn't she? <laughs> Is she out at, we're talking about the show More to Love, which is on Fox. Are you, uh, is, and they're out at dinner or something. Like, she's on a date with the guy, right? Just a snack. And she yeah, says, no, this is one that cuts back. You know, whenever I'm out with Luke, I can just forget about my thighs. And then the other girl's like, I like bread. <laughs> and when she said that, I thought, I was in the other room and that when she said that, I was like, my, my thighs? And then I convinced myself that she'd actually said size. See, and I don't really feel bad at making fun of it because oh, they either. know what they're doing. You're going on they, to a they, reality show. Seriously, you're going on to a reality show called More to Love. They're, you're and crying on screen. I have to say, by the way, there's a couple of those girls that are you know, skinny, you know, big, doesn't matter. They're weird looking. There's a couple strange looking women on that show. Yeah, they're butter faces along with butter bodies. And I, <laughs> see, you're a bad person. I am not a bad person. I am a bad person. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from CNN Radio, Los Angeles. Uh, correspondent and stylish man of the world, James Roop. Hello, sir. How are you? Oh, I ain't stylish now, baby. I'm funky. I haven't I didn't have a chance to shower before I was sent off to the airport. <laughs> I like it right out of the gate. You make a strong impression on the hey, audience. Let me tell you something, son. I'm going to set you straight. If you tell me I'm stylish, <laughs> I'm going to tell you when I'm not. Excellent. Where so? What is that? Where are you today? What is it? Why? Why with the not showering? Uh, well, uh, Laura Ling and uh, Una Lee. Oh, Bank Airport. Right. When uh, I got rousted out of bed early this morning and sent over there, and because we had to be in place by four o'clock for security checks and all that other stuff. I, I just had to get up, throw on some pants, and get the hell out. So it's like uh, it's like the movie No Time for Sergeants, but it's just no time for soap or no time, for, yeah, no time for washing. Um, so, so you are at the glorious port of souls, uh, the Burbank Airport, uh, this morning for them to uh, for them to come back. And this is so. This is why this is because uh, Bill Clinton did he physically go over there, or did he just get on the phone and you know he's people who knows people. Did he just make a call, or did he have to well, he go you know, over and there was some. One thing that told me a lot uh, here this morning, first of all, this, this all came out of nowhere for many people. All of a sudden, 30 hours ago, all this started to brew. Bill Clinton went to Korea, met with uh, Kim Jong-il, and brought these kids home. But something that and we didn't hear from Bill Clinton, maybe because the White House wants to be debriefed first uh, before he says anything. So when Al Gore was talking, 
after Laura Ling finished her very composed speech for the ordeal she had just been through. Uh, Al Gore turned to Laura Ling and said, your mother has been cooking your special soup for two days now, which tells me something's been brewing for a while. That's interesting. And uh, that was the most telling. I, I just kind of looked around. I don't think anybody else got that. But I, I thought, wow, that tells me something right there. So I don't think Bill Clinton would have gone all the way over there had he not known he was going to bring these two home. So something was already sort of in the works. And Absolutely. He... Whether it be through the Obama administration. we also I was also hearing this morning from a bunch of different uh, journalists, uh, some of them I would use that term loosely, but they were saying that it, it, the Kim Jong-il wanted President, former President Clinton to come as a special envoy. And if he went over there, then they, they, they would, he would grant that special pardon. So from what I understand, Laura Ling and, and Una Lee got that word to their families, who then in turn made the request to Al Gore, who then talked to President Clinton, who then got involved with the White House, and all of this stuff uh, sort of grew from that. Don't know that that's for sure, but that's the story I was hearing this morning. But again, the most telling thing to me was when Al Gore said to to um, Laura Ling, her mom's been making that soup for two days. I like the idea that uh, that Kim Jong-il just sort of, he engineered this whole thing just because he wanted Bill Clinton to come hang out with him for a bit. <laughs> just over the, another beer summit, maybe. Yeah, huh? yeah just, just heard I that he was... Beer, Heard that he was a guy who could really uh, who could really show you a good time. And Bill Clinton, you do get the sense that you know, a because he was you know president for eight years, and b uh, you know his wife, you know secretary of state, and also because he he because he was just a guy who you know, did did manage to charm any number of people during his his time in office. Very you know charismatic, whatever you, whatever you think about anything else about him. But he's a guy who has probably the best Rolodex on earth you can imagine. I mean, Bill Clinton, probably of all the current former presidents, is probably the guy who could pick up the phone and call almost anybody. Yeah, and you know, I think I think he made a trip to North Korea. In the waning months of his administration, I think, I can't, from something tells me these two have met before, and I can't remember the circumstances behind it, but I I think they have known each other in the past. I'll tell you this, the the story you always hear about King Jong-il is that he's got this whole massive, it's like how some people have a huge wine cellar in their basement. He's got a thing that's just nothing but whiskey and porn, so it's not like it's out of the question that he... He wears the same suit every day. Yeah. Well, it's easier that way. It's, you know, a, that's his uniform, man. That's, that's how Einstein was, Tim. It's just uh, you save time in the morning. Uh, you should do that, Jim. You should just start wearing a gray-zippered Kim Jong-il suit everywhere you go. Go to that bed, in a, go to bed in, a, in a gray jumpsuit. And make it like that underwear that the Japanese guy's wearing on the space station that you never have to change. Uh, you can just have enough for like three months and it stays odor-free. You know, that way you could just roll out of bed and get right to the story. No, no need to give yourself a scrubbing. Uh, let's see what else is happening. So, from from I don't know from one end of of, of oddness to the other, we have Chris Brown. So that's not too much of a stretch. What and he already pled out or copped out or whatever. So there, what is, is what is formal, he going to get? This is formal sentencing today. This is when the criminal threats charge will be formally dropped. Uh, he'll be sentenced officially to five years probation, one hundred eighty days of labor intensive. A community service. None of this going to high schools talking about domestic violence. He's going to be working along roadways, cleaning graffiti, and he'll get to do this in Virginia. That's his home state. Then he has to keep, he has to come back here every three months or something for status check over this next five-year period, and he has to stay 50 yards away from Rihanna. It's half a football field away from her, unless they're at the same 
venue for whatever reason, music industry uh, uh, event, then it's 10 yards. That's still quite a distance. I mean, if you think about half a football field or, or, or the first down yardage, that's a lot. Is it, true that, uh, is it true that she can violate him by, that he can get it violated if she calls him? Somebody told me that if she contacts him, it still counts as a violation. Yes, because he's not allowed to have any contact with her. Oh, that's that's a sort of Damocles you don't want dangling above your uh, above your head. That's she has bad. to agree. She has to agree on her end not to entice or tempt or stuff like that. I mean, she has to sign off on the whole thing because she's the one who, although she wanted to cancel the restraining order, the judge said, "No, we're not going to cancel the restraining order. We're going to keep that in effect." And uh, but she still has to sign off on it that she won't try to contact him. Hey, you know, I got a great idea. Whenever you get one of these celebrities that has to like pick up uh, a trash or you know go scrub a toilet or something somewhere, there ought to be if there isn't already, there ought to be a website that just lets you know where celebrities are doing their community service and when. You know, you just look it up. You know, who, what celebrities are, you know, what celebrities are off feeding the homeless today, and then it shows you little maps you can uh, you can go by. Because I mean, what's his name? Boy George was doing that where they had Boy George. I don't oh, know. Yeah, he was, in New York. Yeah. yeah, he was picking up schmutz by the side of the road, and uh, it, he was just getting all like he was just being a total dick about it. He was just like, I don't want to be. Leave me alone. I, you know, I, honestly, I wouldn't care because if the paparazzi's there, my name is still out in the public. And, and uh, you know, you kind of need that if you're Boy George or if you're Chris Brown at this point. And if, and if you could put a positive spin on your community service by waving to the cameras or, or really working hard and, you know, being apologetic and remorseful, uh, you know, you can get your career back at the end of your five years or 180 days, 1,400 hours of community service. After that's over, you might be able to get your career back. That'd but, be... you know, for those guys like Boy George who are just, you know, spitting at the cameras, yeah, forget it's over. You know what I would also accept? I would also accept Chris Brown. Around, uh, doing maybe uh, two-thirds of what he's been sentenced to, and then having to get on national television and sing I'm a Little Teapot, Short and Stout, to everybody. Or the Barbie Girl song or something. Ex- exactly. He ought to have to, we ought to create some sort of an embarrassing medley that he must perform at the Super Bowl during halftime. You want to talk about ratings. All right. There you go. All right. Uh, on that note, my friend, have a fantastic day. And uh, I, when in doubt, more Stetson. Oh, yes. Thank you. There go. Thank you, Jim Rope. Two pits, what is that? Two pits, chesty, or whatever that's called. What the hell? What are you, what? Doing? Rick, you almost got Rick to swear right <laughs> what, there. The, the hell are you talking about? You just went yeah, mental yeah. on me. Well, I was watching the X Games, and they had the commercial about the underarm deodorant, and you and be able to hit two, uh, hit both of your armpits and across your chest with one swipe or something like that. No, see, I think it's a hat. You had to Two be there moment. Chesty. Yeah, you know. Two bits chesty is my that's my gang it's name. It's been early and I'm funky, so. You sound like Ray Liotta and Goodfellas, and then all the guys were there. Two bits chesty, Johnny two times. <laughs> all right, Frankie no crotch. All Mr. right, <laughs> thank you, Jim Roof. Bye. <laughs> wow, he just went all crazy. That was a total like whiskey foxtrot Bravo uh, moment there. Well, they woke him up early. They gave him like two hours of sleep before they roast him out. Uh, Send him to do something else. Uh, Tim Riley, what headlines are we following on this, uh, whatever it is, Wednesday? Well, Joe Jackson promises to stay away from Michael Jackson's kids. Ashton Kutcher says, why does anybody care what he says? He says, Demi Moore doesn't become jealous of his steamy, sexy scenes in movies, whatever those would be. Uh, North Korea asks for and receives Bill Clinton. Excellent. Straight ahead, Oregon Music Editor Ryan White will be here, uh, and he'll be uh, counting down his top five as well at 720. Uh, Oregon Music Editor Ryan White's top five teenage moping songs. Uh, straight ahead, plus our recap of last night's episode of More to Love. You stay there. Back after this. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland.
downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. At some point before the end of uh, today's show, we are giving away a pair of third-row tickets for the Summer of Rock at the Amphitheater of Clark County. Monday, August 10th is when that happens. That is next Monday, starring Stain, Shinedown, Chevelle, and Hailstorm. Uh, plus, you get an invitation to our special private acoustic performance from Shinedown earlier that day. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Concert information at uh, KUFO.com. So, uh, third row tickets at some point today. Do not uh, call now regarding that, but at, uh, at some point during today's show. Uh, in just uh, moments, we'll welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, Oregonian music editor Ryan White. We've also got our recap of More to Love coming up at 8 o'clock. Now, have you, uh, are you, Don, are you completely at the end of the episode? Because you're kind of going quite. through it incrementally. Not quite. Yeah, I'm watching it during commercial breaks. All right. Um, You've gotten to the point where the girl says, I forget all about my thighs. No, I used to feel sorry for them, and now it's just kind of hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's great. And I am completely on board, by the way, with calling that guy the Fatchler. Yeah, uh, the Fatchler. What's his name? Luke. The you know mouth he looks breather. Like? He looks like if you were to take, um, like, one of those guys from Rascal Flats or maybe, um, uh, or maybe uh, Lance Bass. He does look like the lead Rascal Flats dude. And if you were just to sort of like begin injecting him with Easy Cheese and and the uh, you know and Ready Whip, uh, but for, for a good long time though, I mean for like five, six, seven, eight, nine days, and just sort of a kind of a thing. He looks like the kind of guy that has no guy friends. That's exactly what he looks like. He looks like he hangs at his parents' house a lot. He looks like a guy from InSync if he was all uh, what's it like clumped up. You know what I mean? Like uh, if he was all nutty, professored. So he, he's but, just horrible. Like he's playing with all these girls' emotions and no, everything. Single... See, we're doing it. Okay, okay, we're okay, we're doing the thing. It, okay. We're getting right, ahead of no, ourselves. No, 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 all right. Uh, coming up at 7.20, we'll do uh, today's top five as well. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following on this Wednesday morning? This just in. Fox, Fremantle Media, and 19 Entertainment have officially confirmed Paula Abdul's departure from American Idol. Bam! She posted it on her uh, Twitter last night. Yeah, I saw that. Somebody said that it was a kind of a hardball negotiating tactic, which is... I think a network is allowed one of those uh, every year in which they'll back down to the talent, and this is not the There's time for There's only enough money that. for Ryan Seacrest to do everything. That's, I was just going to say. Everyone else must leave. And that, that is, and that is why she... It's change for everyone else. And she should have done it like six months ago. But see, the thing is, I, I mean, not that I, like I care about Paula Abdul's career, but the problem is, is it was prompted, obviously, by the fact that Seacrest just got $45 million. And the thing is, once they've agreed to pay that guy, you know, that much money, that is not the time to begin angling for more money for yourself because clearly they they just maxed out every single credit card they had uh, paying that guy. So there you go. Well, have fun, Paula. Dustin Diamond has been banned from the Save by the Bell reunion. <laughs> and I don't think anything could beat that. All well, right. <laughs> By the way, I saw a photograph uh, last night of Dustin Diamond, who continues to be talking to a guy who is just I, it, when he walks, it's like you can just sort of hear you can just sort of hear in your head like a vague squishing sound with every step he takes because he looks real greasy and he's just and he's started to go. What are they saying, Ren and Stimpy? He's just skin and fat at this point with like the bad, like the bad sort of Ron Jeremy mustache. And he was performing his alleged comedy at a pizza place in like. Brunswick or something. It was just awful. It was just embarrassing on on every level. Uh, finally, one final thing before we welcome uh, Ryan White to the show. Uh, we got an email that says, did I hear correctly? Uh, Sarah uh, still has pea-stained clothing in her house. No, no. What I a sexy it. girl she is. <laughs> no, I washed it, but it, I washed his clothes, but I still have them. I mean, are they in a bag at least? I washed them. They're I know, clean. but I mean, you don't want to. But uh, no, they're they're in a they're in a plastic bag sitting on my counter. Where where did you find them? So the. Uh, 
You know, let's, you know where this I'm sounds from. like a country song. <laughs> let's, let's let's back up for a second. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Oregonian, uh, music editor and all around the great guy, Ryan White. Hello, sir. Good morning. Do you know what we're talking about when we talk about the pea clothing? No, I, I missed that. I, I've been, you know, I was already a little sad about the Dustin Diamond thing and then disturbed by the New Brunswick <laughs> Pizza joint it was and bad. comedy that he was doing. And no. now the pea clothing. It, we should, I clearly have to get in here earlier. We should get people. Uh, we <laughs> well, should, this was from a couple months ago. We'll get people up to speed. That would be earlier. Yes, that is earlier. <laughs> so Sarah was uh, up until, I don't know, a while ago. There was a, there was a, a gentleman with, with whom Sarah was occasionally spending time. And at one point, uh, he had stayed at her place. She wakes up in the morning and says, hey, why is the bed all wet and warm? And the guy had just, uh, he'd evacuated uh, his bladder uh, during during the night, which apparently is not, and it's not like, and here's the thing, it's not the kind you have to feel sorry for, because it's not like a medical issue or something. It's not like a thing you have to go, please talk to your daughter, doctor about, you know, uncontrollable. He was just, yeah, he was just, uh, had had uh, many, he was well into his cups, I believe, the night before, and had... Uh, peed everywhere in the bed. Yes. Kind of a deal breaker. But it was a deal breaker. <laughs> but even more so is the fact that he didn't that like he took his the, the and clothes then co- and, and then wadded them up. He wadded them up and decided to try and uh, oh, I don't know, hide them from me by uh, putting them in a ball and shoving them under my bed. <laughs> Which then you sort of discover later like, "Hey, why does it still smell in here?" As uh, I'm yeah, as I'm cleaning the mat, which of course he didn't offer to clean, like no, of as I'm not. cleaning the mattress and everything. And so are you just, are you keeping them there under the theory that you will eventually see him at some no, point? I see him everywhere. I told you, I just, he just saw me two days ago. He's everywhere. So, I mean, but this will require him. I'm I just going to start to- toting him around like a nomad. That's my thing is because if you keep them at your house. On a stick. What are you going to do even if you see him out in public? It's like you'll have to, he'd have to come back over to your place to get them anyway. No, I know he has a good friend who works at, um, like his best friend works at a bar up the street from where. Um, you should just leave live. them there. No, and I think because I know that she's working tonight. So I think I might actually bring them up there and drop them off. Because every time you see him, it's going to be reminded of the time that a guy wet your bed. Yeah, because he's, he's fine. He's a nice enough guy, but. I don't. It would be nice to kind of not have that stuff in my apartment right. anymore. Wait, and one final question about this. So you were at uh, dinner the night before last, or last night? The night before last. Night before last with uh, with the guitarist, mm-hmm. who seems like a stable, decent, uh, reasonable guy. He's pretty rad. And so th- the other guy, the, the bedwetter, he. Uh, so he saw you there at dinner. So yeah. How was that even no, he possible? Didn't, he didn't see me at dinner because we went to like this fancy restaurant. But then we went to this bar called Ron Tom's on yes. uh, Burnside. And on uh, Monday nights, they project movies onto right. like this brick wall. So we went there. It's the back patio is pretty dark, so walked you know through the patio, sat down, watched the movie for like I don't know half an hour, forty five minutes, and then left. And, and he sent you a and text. Then yesterday, or... I got an email from him saying, "So I saw you at Ron Tom's. Yeah, I saw you at the bar. Uh, and, yeah, I have to say you were looking pretty." And that was it. And I I didn't know how to respond to it. So I was right. just like, "Oh." Okay, I was there for a little bit. You didn't see him there. No, I didn't see him at all, which is weird because I'm like, where did he see me? Was I walking by him? Was he sitting next to us? Behind a potted plant in the corner. Big pillars in that place, aren't there? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) behind one of them, poking out a little from the oil painting with moving eyes on the wall. Kind of weird because that means I was obviously walking by him or something, and he's just like. In nice shadows. of him to it. That's the thing. He's there and he sees you. He sees me and then he's comfortable enough to write me the next day telling me that he's But doesn't me. even say like, hey, good, to, you know, hello, hi, how's it going? Yeah. You and still he have knows, those clothes that I wet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he knows who um, who the guitarist is because I've had many awkward scenarios where they're 
both been in the same place. Yeah, I just carry those things, those clothes around in like a bindle, oh, uh, I will. you know, like a hobo, and then you don't hand those to him, so you're free of them. I will. If I don't see him today, which I probably will at some point, I'm just going to drop him off at the bar. Excellent. Uh, all right, so uh, Ryan White from the Oregonian. So you have put together, we'll do this at 720, you put together a top five for today. These are your top five teenage moping songs. Yeah, you requested this last week, and uh, then the volume thing came up, but you insisted that I would have to do this at some point anyway, so I figured we'd just get it over with. Because, you know, I laid my, my teenage soul bare. That's the thing it is a, you know what as uh, as nietzsche says when you look into the abyss the abyss also looks into you and so as you were preparing these top 5 teenage moping songs did you feel like it did you feel like you had some personal journey of the soul where you came to an acknowledgement of of your own your own self here's what was strange about it because i started thinking about it last week but i assembled it yesterday which was actually my wedding anniversary so i was sitting there like reliving my you know and i didn't have much teenage angst because i wasn't even cool enough to have that um but so I was sitting there reliving, you know, these one or two relationships uh, that at the time felt like the worst thing that course. Had ever happened to me and just won't go on, um, you know, on my wedding anniversary. And I'm, a, you know, quite happy with, with the way that thing's going right now. So it was kind of a, a, a fun, strange little thing. And then we spent like most of dinner last night, my wife and I, discussing these songs and those particular relationships, which was kind of a weird anniversary. Awesome. Dinner. Uh, straight ahead, we'll do that. Also, by the way, uh, so I have now confirmation. So I'm going to be, uh, tomorrow night, I'll be uh, leaving, going to New York, and be gone for like 10 days or something. The Saturday before I come back home, in other words, I'm flying back home, whatever, the 16th, which is the Mad Men premiere night. Mm-hmm. The night before, Saturday the 15th, we heard this yesterday, it is true, Creed Oh, will, I mean, will, will be playing in New York. And here's the thing, and the tickets, and the tickets are only like, they're like $22. And it's so tempting to go. It's so Are tempting you going to go. To? You have but to. Here's the thing: because Take pictures. It, it, only because. Only because I want to go because I want to know who's going to see Creed in 2009. So I have that you know that little digital uh, recorder of mine. So it, it's I have to say it's more than a little. Tempt. Right now, I would say it's the probably 50-50 whether my wife and I and I haven't discussed this with her, but it's just I, it, I think she'll see the glory in this. I think that there's probably. No way that I can pass on seeing Creed if they're there the last night that I'm there. Just because... Best of luck to you. I'm going to be there, and I am not seeing Creed. Because I just want to know. You know what I mean? It's like you. Ju- it's like going to see Carrot Top. Just because you want to, like, who, like who are, who are buying like these tickets? how you saw Dustin Diamond that one time. He wanted in, to see the freak show. Bringing it all back. It is exactly like going to see Screech when he did his uh, his comedy at Dante's. And that makes perfect sense here in, in Portland. But do you really want to waste a, new, a night in New York doing that? I don't know. You know, it's going to be the last night there. That's the thing. It's our last night there. I'll be at the end. I'll probably be exhausted. We'll really probably be put, a, put an exclamation point at the. Ex- what better way to what better way to finish it all? Yeah, and to throw the rest of the trip into stark relief. Dustin uh, Diamond opening for Creed. It's the best of all worlds, Tim. So are they just starring in Annie Got Her Gun or? <laughs> I, I, I just I think that you know after having done everything else, really I, you know there probably is no better way to wrap up the entire thing just to put a red a red bow in the whole experience. Straight ahead, we'll uh, have Ryan White from the Oregonian count down his top five teenage moping songs. And we'll uh, find out what's coming up in the world of Portland music. You stay there. Next hour, I'll recap of More to Love. And uh, at 820, prison fan mail to Sarah Dillon. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. UFO. Share your thoughts. We'd like to glean it from your brain. Your tasty, tasty brain. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's really hard to think today. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Sarah and I will recap last night's horrifying episode of Mortal Love on Fox. At uh, 8.20, uh, we will have Sarah's uh, latest fan letter from prison. It's right here. I had to turn this just real quickly. Ryan yeah, White. Have Ryan York. look at his eyes. Ryan White, music editor from the Oregonian. Look at this guy's eyes. Did they unnerve you? Oh, my. See, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I have to keep this face down. Let's maybe not say his name because I don't want him to. Oh, no. I'm not going to say his name. I've changed identifying characteristics. Call him okay. Dillinger. Yeah. If, if I walk into a bar and see that guy, I go find another bar. Yeah, and yeah. if I walk into another bar and he's there, I quit drinking forever. Especially because he says, like, first out of the gate, he says, you know, get on it if you want a pen pal. I'll be out in 14 months. And then it just trails off with a series of scrawled ellipses. So, there you go. All right. Uh, all right. We are going to roll today's top five. This is Oregonian uh, music editor Ryan White's top five teenage moping songs. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? So as we put this together, I said, you know what? I want you to find the five songs, you know, and an honorable mention. So six total that are the, you know, they were the soundtrack to your own personal lovelorn teenage angst, your your adolescent, uh, your adolescent long dark tea time of the soul. And was it difficult to do? In other words, did you have to? Did they come to you right away, or did you have to really sort through stuff? Uh, a couple of them came to me right away. A few of them had to be sorted through. I mean, ultimately, really, I mean, we're dealing mostly with one relationship here. Again, my teenage years were not lovelorn enough to to be angry. My twenties were much more interesting for that, and I discovered like mean and angry songs too. So that was, uh, you know, that would actually probably be a uh, a more interesting a whole separate list. list. Yes, oh no, this list yes. is mighty interesting. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's your top five: Tim Riley. Honorable mention going to Aerosmith with Crying. Wait a minute, if I can ask, how old are you? 35 on Sunday. Wait a minute. uh, Hold on, so would that actually, would this be when you were a teenager? Does this count as teenage? This is right on the edge of teenage. So you would have been 19 maybe? Yeah. That counts, I suppose. No. This was just post high school. Well, Well, I love this song. All I can just see is Steven Tyler in that Pitbulls on crack shirt. (laughs) Sitting Sitting in that window. Or that, or that shot in the video where he's leaning on the on the rail, yeah. he's like stretched out on like the smallest portion of the staircase. Here's what I learned doing this yesterday. I was very, very literal. Like I didn't know anything of metaphor when I was <laughs> when I was a teenager. <laughs> Need a crying song? Let's go with crying. This is I. I have nothing bad to say about this song. I know that. I know on this album, especially on Get a Grip, they got hit pretty hard for having three songs that essentially were the same song. They had Crying and Crazy and Amazing and whatever. But I got to say that I, that I like all of those songs, especially especially this and Amazing. And uh, I, yeah, I, I have nothing snarky to say here. And we all enjoyed that trilogy of videos. Wow. Whatever, what is Alicia Silverstone up to? Is she... Uh... She's all like vegan and made babies. Oh, uh, well, that's, that's disappointing. Take her off the list, I suppose. More room for Christina Hendricks. Wow. All right. These are uh, uh, music uh, editor from the Oregonian, Ryan White's top five teenage moping songs. Tim? Number five, Sammy Hagar, Give to Love. That didn't take long. No. Awesome. No, it didn't. From the uh, Let's Record Two Shows in Fresno and Throw It Out as a Live Disc (laughs) album. 
I remember, uh, God, what was that? What's that uh, Sammy Hagar song that I used to sit like? I used to do these, I would do these terrible, these overnight shifts at this rock station where I worked. And it'd be like 4.30 on a Sunday morning, just burned out, exhausted, hating my life, too much coffee, nobody calling the request line, wondering if I was doing with my life and my career. Some chicken that usually just dumped me. Uh, you know, deservedly so, by the way. And I would listen to that Where Eagles Dare song or whatever it is by Sammy Hager, where he talks about, like, seeing an eagle fly out of the clouds and had his, you know, whatever, that had that carried his troubles away. And I'm just sitting there going, Sammy understands. He knows what it's like. To speak of not knowing metaphor, I remember seeing him play that in this solo acoustic space at a show one time, and the big video screen in the back was just an eagle flying. <laughs> <laughs> the entire song was like, where they, when the eagles fly, and there's the eagle. It's like uh, at Crew Fest, there was this great moment during uh, Kickstart My Heart where it was just like this endless first-person perspective bad animation of a road as though you were playing pole position for like four and a half minutes. <laughs> All right. These are uh, a music editor from the Oregonian, Ryan White's top five teenage moping songs. Tim? Number four, Eric Clapton, Wonderful Tonight. Yeah. Again, you need a song that says, you look wonderful tonight. If I had a girlfriend. I am going to go find that song called Wonderful Tonight. That's the one we will put on the tape. It says what I'm feeling. This song You're actually, pretty deep, Ryan. I know. I'm, I'm telling you, I was really, really, really not cool. There was a reason I had no no girlfriends. Now, when you um, said when you mope, was this like was this when you were you you had maybe broken up or you t- you know you were having troubles with your girlfriend and you were thinking like if we were back together, this say, is what I would listen to while she was getting ready. The, the the first love. This was a song that she loved, and we had broken up, but we had Clapton tickets. And we went to see Clapton still because we had the tickets. Oh, and he sucks. played this, and it got uh, us back together. Uh, oh, this song well, okay. got us back together. All right. Fair so, enough. And that, Isn't this song written about how annoyed he was that it takes his wife to get so long That's to get Yeah, that's one of the things about it. He grows progressively more irritated uh, with... Like uh, look Wonderful Tonight. Hurry that up. And it's about Patty Harrison, uh, who he stole from uh, George Harrison. Well, well done, Eric. I mean, see, this is one of those songs that you can't, I mean, I can't say anything bad about it because it's Eric Clapton, and it's like, I'm legally required to love Eric Clapton, and, and I do. pretty guitar line. And pretty, pretty song. You know, anybody just picking up a guitar can really kind of learn that little riff and impress people. It is one of those songs that kind of ruined him, though, because after this, it's like his, you know, after this, he decided to crank out clones of this for a long time, which yeah. he did. All right, these are uh, Ryan White's top five teenage moping songs of all time, Tim. Number three, Peter Gabriel, In Your Eyes. See, that's what makes this list uh, so great and so weird, is that there is no one. There is no one anywhere, anywhere under the age of 50, probably, that is not stared out a rain-soaked window, you know, on a gray day looking off into the clouds and wondering what this endless journey of life is all about. If at the end of it all, we can't find that special someone whose life reflects our own like a mirror. Exactly. You know, and then and then you know, and then you just uh, sit back on your bed and you like stare at your Cinderella posters on the wall and you know weep or something. Wish I was cool enough to be in a band and get chicks. This song was actually, this is actually the centerpiece of the first mixtape anyone ever gave me. Really? So, yes, because she also wanted to say, "I want to look into your eyes." So she found the song called "In Your Eyes." It was uh. Again, you know, we weren't. I don't know. I don't know if the English classes were bad in Ann Arbor or or, or what. We didn't. We didn't have enough poetry. It was. You hadn't gotten to the. Uh, you hadn't gotten to simile and metaphor yet. That was chapter five. 
All right. Until college. Music editor from the Oregonian, Ryan White, is counting down his top five teenage moping songs. Tim? Number two, Pearl Jam with Jeremy. That's an odd choice. Is This this, this is a very this odd choice, <laughs> and it makes me sound like I was on the verge of a very tragic and horrifying event. In uh, at, 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 uh... And it makes me wonder if we're playing the clean version of this song also. That's what it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder we should maybe go to the next song. <laughs> We could go to the next Yeah, song. I was just pop that down over Nothing there. in the first verses. Oh, there's nothing at this point. I listened to this a billion times. It's a great this, song, though. One of the all-time great songs. This one. song was just really, really popular when uh, we got a minute and a half of lead into the next one. So, well, it's just And it's just a big downer, which works yeah. when you're really bummed out about something. But this was the song was everywhere during the first big breakup. And it just it, it kind of connected to that, latched on, and stayed with me, apparently. This is at home when you're going, well, I guess if uh, I can't have her, nobody will. All right. Well, no, I mean, it, it, it does lead you to think that, you know, I was on the verge of having somebody on television saying he never seemed like that kind of guy. <laughs> he came and asked for a bag of lie one day, but we weren't quite sure why. Uh, I'd hate to be the guy who they said, no, we saw it coming. Oregonian music critic uh, Ryan White counting down his top five teenage moping songs. Tim? Number one, Guns N' Roses, November Rain. Yeah. I love this song so much. And it's got this minute and a half intro to it, which just feels like an empty house. And you, That's an interesting way of describing it. That is an interesting it. way. Kind of well like done. a meatloaf song. That's where you're all with the writing, and I'm, uh, and I'm not. I don't know about that, but no, I was listening to it a couple times yesterday, and it's, that's exactly what it sounds like. And it just gives you a minute and a half to contemplate just how empty it is before you know, those drums kick in. And i got to say, we interviewed, uh, there's this book called Reckless Road uh, that came out last year, which is um, uh, a, guy who's, a guy whose name is now escaping me, Mark... God, I feel like it, 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 he he's thanked in the liner notes of Appetite. He was with the band like from the very early days before they got a record deal, before they were even in the in the the classic Appetite for Destruction lineup, Guns N' Roses, and he um, he saved everything, every photograph, every flyer, every handbill, every note, every you know phone message. He saved everything that he ever got with the band. Lived with Axel for a long time. And he uh, he wrote this this book called Reckless Road, which is basically a visual history of Guns N' Roses from the minute Axel arrived in L.A. to the minute they to the minute uh, Mark Cantor, that's his name, thank you, sir, to the minute they finished recording Appetite. And the book ends at the release of Appetite for Destruction. And it's just it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Just photographs you have, ne- including like some photographs taken in Portland on this ill-fated trip to Seattle and back that the band took, but you know, in a van. He, we had him on the show, and he told the story about sharing an apartment with Axel, and they had this tiny, like, bad, terrible, like, $20 keyboard or whatever. And he came home one day from his, whatever his job was, and Axel was sitting there with the keyboard, like, balanced on his knees. And Axel goes, hey, uh, check out this thing that I'm working on. And he played November Rain wow. for him. And he said he sat there in this little tiny, you know, rat trap apartment and hear, uh, and heard Axel Rose. It was just hearing him play November Rain for the wow. first time, which is just a great story. Yeah. Great song. And it's got that whole Layla-type coda at the end that I like a lot, too. I realized, I was watching the video yesterday, that if, as a lovelorn teen, you were into this song, the guy you really want to be is Slash, who's, you know, capable of, in the middle of all this, just saying, oh, screw it, I'm going to walk out into the middle of this dusty field and rip off a guitar solo. And don't you, in fact... I don't need you or your love. If you're Slash, I don't need your human emotions. You sound like Slash. (laughs) Sorry. I am vampire. It was pure nihilism. And then at one point you drive, you drive your car off a cliff, and then magically appear next to a church yes. for no real reason. And it, and it blows up. In? They did. They flew the church in the middle of a field for forty thousand dollars. 
there will never be anything like that video and then the one for what was it was it a strange, a strange where he's swimming with yeah, dolphins with at dolphins. the end yeah. and again slash just on that one slash just kind of floats through the water playing a guitar solo it was looking cooler than i ever could what is in the uh, pipeline for you, good sir? Oh, we're working on a few features. The best thing to do is uh, go check out the blog at Oregon Live backslash music, and uh, that's where we'll be updating all the, the cool little fun things until we get the big projects Excellent. into the paper. Oregonian music editor Ryan White, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to him again, uh, I guess, two weeks from today. Excellent. All right. Have some good time off. Thank you, my friend. Uh, straight ahead, Tim Riley with the news. Top of the hour, we'll do our recap of last night's episode of More to Love, and at 820, prison fan mail for Sarah Dillon. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show, live or via podcast at KUFO.com. Hey, what's next? Are people going to start having sex with ducks? When can that start? Pick up the phone and call. Really, Oprah, get the phone out of your mouth. 1-800-344-KUFO. Her body is just made out of squares and fat. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Sometime uh, before the end of the show, we're going to give away a pair of uh, third row tickets. The Summer of Rock at the Amphitheater of Clark County, Monday, August 10th. That is third row tickets tomorrow, second row tickets, and then uh, on Friday, front row tickets. Don't forget, those will also come with an invitation to our special private acoustic performance from Shinedown uh, earlier in the day. Shinedown featuring Tim Riley. I'm uh, bummed I'm going to be out of town because I really wanted to see that. I, you know, it's... Uh, at least Tim will be Tim will be it's our one proxy. Of those things. It's, uh, Tim will go so that uh, you know Tim will stay so that we might go, Sarah. Uh, so that is uh, sometime before the end of the show. Third row tickets. Also, uh, we have a pair of tickets to see Gallagher at some point uh, before the end of the uh, program mm. as well. Coming up at eight o'clock, it's is a that recap. Part of the of, summer of laughter. Yes, it is, Tim. <laughs> uh, our recap of uh, More to Love, which is uh, the dating program for women of larger carriage, which I'm interested, A, because of the theme, and B, because there's that chick from Portland on there, uh, that Bonnie girl. Who seems to be the only cool one on she, that show. That's the thing. She's the only cool one. And I'm not just saying that. I think that's the comment I was looking uh, no, online she's, she's like an idiot. She's pretty and, like, and stylish. That is the general assessment, Maybe too. she'll win. Yeah, everybody. No, well, no, no, no. She won't win. No, but have you seen the guy? Absolutely you, not. No, the... the and, if she did win, I would hope that she would be smart enough to walk away. Yeah, no, the the guy that is that is the ostensible prize the in the show is the Thatchler. Yes, he's not he's not really the uh, he's not really the brightest bulb in the bank. I mean, there's just no getting around that. Ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Yes, but he's good enough for America, isn't he? Yes, he is, Tim. America. Good morning from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is now seven forty nine. There's a chance of a thunderstorm today. Highs in the eighties. Dipping back down into the 70s tomorrow. A tugboat caught fire on the Willamette last night, started in the engine room. Thank goodness for the courage of the fearless crew. It would have been lost. Nobody was hurt, though. Beaverton is spending $90,000 to hire some lawyers who will work to lure the beavers to the beave with an offer for a new stadium used as bait. The price tag for a new stadium, just $50 million. Oh, this is incorrect. Portland is being named an abandoned city by Forbes magazine. We all know that's untrue. There are some 2 million souls here in the metro area. The magazine apparently goes by the number of vacancies in both the rentals and home ownership. Oh, by the way, the top three are Kansas City, San Francisco, Oakland, and 
Tucson. Also, Cleveland. I was watching uh, No Reservations the other day, and Anthony Bourdain went to Cleveland, and he was talking to that Harvey Picar guy there who did, you know, was in American Splendor. One you know what the average uh, annual income in Cleveland is? I don't know. $17,000. What's there to do there? I Apparently just drink and then uh, take your own life in some horrific fashion. I mean, it just it seems like a bad, that's an abandoned town. So why are they, what are the criteria for it being abandoned? Is that the, the rate of people moving out or something? Because yeah. I heard that was actually up. Mm-hmm. No, that's a, that's a bunch of flim flammery, Tim. That's, uh, those are just lies. From Sim- Sin City comes Orin. They found a dead body next to the Welcome to Las Vegas sign this morning. A dead body slumped over the steering wheel of a vehicle at 5.30. It's unknown if somebody finished him off or he took his own life. Well, the man who uh, sprayed bullets into a fitness club filled with women, killing three and then killing himself at a web page. He talked about an earlier plan for violence at the gym in which he said he, quote, chickened out. Neighbors described George Saldini as antisocial. His status on his blog page, never married. And the page ends with the words, death lives. Uh, that's creepy. The author wrote of a planned attack. At least uh, he planned to do it last November. He was going to do the uh, same Tuesday night aerobics class on January 6th. But he wrote, quote, I chickened out. I brought the guns, everything. Hell, unquote. Yeah. Weird guy. Well, uh, Dustin Diamond has been banned from the Save by the Bell reunion. He played the, it says here, lovable nerd in the late 80s, early 90s. Apparently the uh, cast and crew are... Not feeling very good about him being there, except for Lisa Tuttle, who said she had no idea he was banned. So how come Screech wasn't invited to the reunion? I believe he was. Are you upset he's going to come out with a tell-all book? Oh, I have nothing to hide. I don't have anything shameful that he can tell on me with. So uh, they're on the cover of, uh, what is it, what magazine are they on the cover of this month? Is it Newsweek, Newsweek. where they're all posing there? And he is conspicuous by his absence. That's the thing. Like You almost figure that they have to... He probably is in a strong position, bargaining-wise. I mean, wouldn't you agree? He is in a strong position? Yeah, because because otherwise because otherwise it would be distracting if he wasn't in the show. Do you know what I mean? Like, if he's not there... I don't know. I think he's lost all credibility. Honestly, I have to tell you, I saw the cover of the Newsweek magazine. Didn't notice he wasn't there. Oh, really? And I, so grew, up, and I grew up watching Saved by the Bell every day. Maybe that's the thing. And I go, I go right to Dustin Diamond because he's the guy who's been in the news more than any of the others. And so, therefore, it was just weird that he wasn't there. It seems like he'd be too distracting. I already know too much about him. I'm more curious about the other people. You've already seen his penis. I mean, there's, he's, I mean, not you personally. I mean, you personally have seen it, but not in person. Or did you? Did you ever watch his sex tape? Or was that me? That I mean, was you. That was you. I mean, I did. I didn't know if it. No, Tim and I couldn't stomach. I didn't know if we. I didn't know if it was like passed around like some sort of bad no, frat saw, house bomb. I saw a clip of it. Oh, it was awful. It was there awful. were acts happening that should not have died. Just the idea wasn't very good. No, some listeners sent me the whole like, hey, here's the Justin Diamond sex tape. It was just, it was, it was like you know, a lot of people. You, you remember watching that Pam and Tommy uh, sex tape, which was that was sort of dis, disappointing, I guess is the word, because it or just it was interesting because it wasn't really much happening. I mean, it's like two hours, and there's like ten minutes of the of the sexing, and the rest of it was just the rest of it was just them sitting on a boat. And uh, Greg, what is the uh, What's the word that, that Tommy keeps using during the Pam and Tommy sex tape? Love you, Kookster. Kookster. That's Kookster? what he. That's what he keeps. Kookster. Call- <laughs> that's what he keeps. It's amazing Pam. that Greg knows it immediately. Yeah, and it, but the, the actual like sex part is just the, the very small minority of the video. Where is? Does with- he call her the Kookster during the sex? No, no. There's not a lot of uh, not a lot of talking. There, she lets her mouth do the talking. It's like slow music montage type of sexy. I don't know whether what I just said was a double entendre or not. 
Well, let's just leave it at that. In any event, yes. the, the screech tape, though, they get right to the sex, and sex of this the most violent and horrific kind, sex that no man should see. Uh, like, Dustin Diamond's face is not one you want to see having pleasure. <laughs> you don't want to see him making the O face. Honestly, that's just so... If you find someone unattractive and then you see them yeah. in an aroused state, it's just like makes them exponentially... All right, right now, uh, two other celebrities you do not wish to... And I'm not saying like you actively want to see a lot of celebrities having sex, but two celebrities right now that are on your do not want list. You do not want to see them uh, having sex. I don't know. Who are yours? Even assuming... Let's just say you see them from like just the, just like the no, shoulders just up. just the face. Just the face. Just the face. Two celebrities whose face you do not want to see while they are having sex. <sighs> Think who grosses me out? Danny DeVito and Ann Coulter. See, Ann Coulter, I would tell. I, but what about both together? No, God help me. God help me. I think that would be kind of hot, actually. Uh, I don't know why. It's just because she's evil, and there's something about. I, I dig evil chicks, and she is trashy. She tries to cover it up, but you can tell that she's trashy. Uh, Danny DeVito, I'm indifferent. Uh, I don't. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Kelsey Grammer for me. I don't wish oh. to see Kelsey Grammer having sex. No. <gasps> oh, what about uh, Jim Belushi? Jim Belushi, I also don't wish to see. No, you're right about that. Chandler. Oh, Matthew Perry? Or uh, was that Matthew Perry who's Chandler? Oh, yeah, Matthew Perry. He's yeah. not so bad looking. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, no, I, yeah, I don't feel one way or the other about him. I'm trying to think if there's a female celebrity that I would not wish to see having Rosie sex. Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you recoiled. You actually flinched just there. I, maybe I guess I guess that might be it. I can't really come up with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, oh. second. There yeah. you go. That's hey, it. A close second. No, no, no. She's that's it. I, in fact, I would watch anybody. You, you could show me. You could show me something. Uh, you, you could show me like Roseanne Barr and Robin Williams like effing it out on a hide a bed, and I'd watch that a million times before I would watch Whoopi Goldberg have sex with anything or anybody or even herself. All right. I don't want to think about that anymore. I'm getting kind of grossed out. All right. <laughs> no, it, it is getting worse. People are already texting, George went. <laughs> All right. Top of the hour. Uh, speaking of uh, George went and uh, Roseanne and similar. Top of the hour, we will have our More to Love recap. Uh, that's uh, It was last night's episode. We'll talk about that here in just a few. Coming up at 820, fan mail for Sarah Dillon from prison. And more from Tim Riley on the way. If you're caller 10 right now, though, you're going to win a pair of tickets to see comedy legend... Gallagher. Ew, that's another one. I also, I also do not want there to see God. him having sex. Uh, you can see him uh, at the Roseland. You can win tickets right now if you call her number 10 to 503-228-4101. Back after this. You stay right there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. Because that's the distinction. <laughs> I mean, if you, I'm just saying, my own perspective. If, if the guy you you, you were seeing at one point, if you're out uh, at, at Rom Toms, where's that? Where's that place at? It's right next to the B side on uh, Burnside. It's on like Seventh and Burnside. Oh right, okay, kind of by. Uh, yeah, it's pretty hipster. I don't really like it too much, but they have a great back patio. So if if you know the guy you were with uh, was there. And sees you with the guy you're with now, you, you don't split the difference. You either come over, you know, you either come over and go, hey, Sarah, good to meet you. Hey, guitarist guy, good to meet you. I'm so-and-so. Hey, you guys enjoy your nights. Wanted to say hello. That's seriously it. Like, I will, because it does, I'm glad that you think that it's weird because yeah. it rang really weird to me. You yesterday. either come over and say hello or you don't say it's anything. Just like, so you were secretly watching me because I was there for like 45 minutes. So, the, yeah, the other, like option two would have been for him to not say anything. 
And then the next time he sees you, he goes, was that you at Rom Tubs? I just, I didn't want to come over and, you know, I was busy. I was doing a thing and you were well, obviously. You're obviously on a date. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you were busy, but uh, yeah, I thought I saw you. Well, okay. Well, talk to you soon. You know, whatever. W- what you don't do is that like email or text you later. Like I saw you at Rom Tubs. Cause you know what that is? You know, that's another way of saying I was watching you at Rom Tubs. That's what that is. I was looking at you most of the night. You didn't know it, of course. Weird. Yeah, because it, it's just like when he broke into my house. It's, it's just, just like, how like long? It. How long was he watching before he woke me up? Like, remember, remember that those glory days of a few weeks ago when you were talking about how he that was like two months ago broke into your bedroom and everybody was saying it was a little weird and you're like, no, 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 you don't know him like I know him. He's harmless. Uh, all right, so it's time to begin our recap. Of... And I finished it. I finished. I finished every horrible second of it. So this is last night's Mortal Love. So you're totally caught up. I'm totally clear. All right, without, ladies, uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we'll, um, let's, oh, we've got a, okay, so before we even start with our own observations, we got somebody who wants to weigh in here. Uh, this is Art. Hello, uh, Art, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson program. How can I help you today? Yeah, about that More to Love show, um, I really hate reality shows except for, like, Survivor Man, Man vs. Wild yes. stuff, but anyhow, I watched it, my girlfriend's kind of a big girl herself, so she had to kind of root for her people or whatever. Of course. Watching that. Um, and I found that Bonnie from Portland uh, kind of obnoxious. Um, I don't know why. I just got like a bad vibe off her. Like she's a chick you'd, like you see at the Matador, like all trash. You know what I mean? <laughs> at the end of the night. Time. Can I just but, tell like, you this? She seems like a phony baloney from Ohio. You know what I mean? Or something? She does kind of seem like she might have a bitch vibe. Let me just back up for one second. Here's a thing that I hear more in Portland than anywhere else, which is identifying a personality type based upon what bar you would probably see them at. That is a thing that I hear done in this city more than anywhere else, which is awesome. Um, she does have a bit of a hard edge to her. I'll give you that. She seems like if you push her very much, uh, she'll probably come back at you kind of snappy. I I don't disagree with that. She seems a little bit... She seems several cuts smarter than the rest of the girls, though. Yeah, she she does seem... Like she reads books or something. Like she's like, you know what I mean? She's a, <laughs> yes. She's a, she, yeah, she's some, there's something going on up there. You know what I mean? There's, like, she's got a little thinking going on as opposed to a lot of the other girls. It's just like they're just uh, they're just vacant apartments. Those are those girls. For sure. Not a lot up there. I kind of, I kind of like the girl um, who she seemed the most honest and really acting like almost if there wasn't a camera there the most out of anyone. I mean, how can you really not act like there's a camera there? But anyhow. Um, she was the one who showed a lot of cleavage. Maybe her name was Heather or something. Right. And she was a blonde, kind of a farm girlish. And she's cute. Yeah, yeah, she's cute. She's legitimately pretty too. That girl. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't know. That's probably pretty much my only comments about. It. I, sure. I, I, I liked it, which amazed me. I, I hate those shows for real. Like I hate those shows. And I, me too. And I found myself just sitting there watching the whole thing. Excellent. Maybe, uh, maybe it's because I'm a big girl lover. I mean, you know what I mean? Maybe they got me. They hooked me with that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, my friend. You spread thank the word. You Thanks Ciao. so much. You, you know what? The all more right. that I'm thinking about it, I think, I'm think i thinking of people that I know in Portland who look a lot and act a lot like Bonnie. Uh-huh. And come to think of it, I don't really get along with them. Well, you don't get along with women in general. That's a false standard. No, that's not true. Uh, I'm, I'm. Well, how do I... I guess my point is you get along much better with men than you do with women. I know... Uh, that if, used to be more so the case because at this point I've established like a good group of girlfriends. But you're right. Like some, I still do have problems with women. But like women you don't know. In other words, like you've got... I mean, yeah, you have a lot of girlfriends. I don't make it seem like you don't. Yeah. But if I were to take a whole group of people off the street, I say you immediately get along better with guys than you do with women. The number of... The ratio of like to dislike is a little skewed uh, with women. This is like. true. I have... Uh, 
yeah, a lot of women treat me like it's still high school. But she does have a certain kind of vibe. That guy is right. She mm-hmm. looks like she'd be all trashed at the matador. Uh, uh, do you want to go first or should I? Um, I don't know. Why don't you, why don't you kick it off? All right. I do, these are just some random observations. These are sort of mine and Lara's observations sort of uh, merged together. One, that Ariana woman who's from Ar- Ariane, Ariana, whatever her name is, from Kansas. Uh, I wrote down Ariane, which I believe is her name with two ends of the... Uh, she has stripper face. And oh, the, the 37-year-old? Yeah, she's the cabaret uh, Oh, yeah. No, she's, she's old. She's almost 40. It's not just that and she's... she does look like a... <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. It's not just that she's old. I, I, it's not really about the age as such. When I say that she has stripper face, it means that different sections of her face look like they are different ages. So, for example, she's got, like, the mouth, which is all tight and shiny, mm-hmm. uh, way too much lip gloss, but then... The you black know, circles, like, rings of uh, eyeliner. You can never hide that. That's the thing. Right underneath the eyes, her eyes look like they're about 50 years old. Uh, and then too much everything, too much makeup. I mean, every, it's, it's TV. Everybody has makeup on. But she has trashy stripper makeup. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Is like you can never... You can never... Like, pretty women is a lie. You you can never take somebody who's a stripper, hooker, whatever, and try to get them to look respectable. It never works. They always have that sheen of, like, stripper underneath, and she totally has that look. Okay, speaking of sheens of people, that Christian girl is badass crazy. Yes. She is creepy yeah. and stocky, and I cannot believe, like... They, they've been there, what, for like two days, and she's seen them professing her love of the bachelor. She's like, I think I'm in love with him. I wrote down, there's actually a couple girls like that. There's that Melissa girl. She's the same way. She There's a lot of that, I can't wait to stalk him from outside his bedroom and kill all of his oh. pets. It's going to be beautiful. Oh, and that Lauren girl, the one who was tattling on all the other girls. I just wrote down, Lauren is evil. I, uh, I wrote, Lauren is a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, this is week two. Okay, this is week two of the show, but how long in, like, how long These have they been These reality shows are filmed in, like, two weeks. So they've only known this guy probably for, by the second episode for, like, a couple days. Yeah, for, like, two days. So we've got, um, this girl so saying... they can't run out that mansion forever. This girl says, uh, quote, Luke, ma- Luke, who is the, 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 quote, prize, made me a promise he was going to love me inside and out. Which, A, is your thing of being, like, way too attached to your observation that they're way too into the guy way too early. Mm-hmm. And also, everything they say in the show sounds like some strange double entendre. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of that. that's accidental. He was going to consume me. Let's see. My um, favorite quote was from uh, the Fetchler when he says, um, when he's talking about his figure and when he forces all the girls to get in bathing suits, which is like the meanest their, thing ever. That, I have that right here. Uh, how? Uh, let's see. Half, girl, half the girls have to go on their very first date ever. They must do this in a swimsuit. <laughs> this is awesome. Also the worst thing I've ever seen. Girl who had never, ever been on a date broke down in tears because she had to wear a swimsuit in the first date ever. This show rules. So you are completely accurate that we ought to have some sort of account for how many times the girls start to blubber. It is amazing uh, no pun intended. cry. Well, and then he took off his shirt and he's all like gross. Oh, oh, I know. He's all like ripply and he's wearing like these horrible Hawaiian trunks. And he's like, and he said, quote, why have a six-pack when you can have a whole keg? <laughs> um, let's see. I have your Portland girl, Bonnie, says how it's great that they can actually eat a big meal in front of him because he doesn't care about their size. And she also says. Immediately followed by the quote, I like bread. <laughs> there we go. That's what we've, that's and what this, we've and reduced. And what I've also says, one more. Even the coolest girls, like even the Bonnie girl, for example, is just lamer because they're into that guy. Yeah, like, totally. It's like, I can't really root for anybody because they're all vying for That's, the attention of that blob. It's like Groucho Marx says that I wouldn't want, he said, I wouldn't want to be a member of any club that would have me. Uh-huh. It's like, by dint of being into that guy, you are therefore an unattractive woman. Because it just, it's like when you, you see a no hot excuse. girl and she opens her mouth and she's just blindingly stupid. That is sort of what's happening uh, here. 
note from my wife. Lara says, Luke is a big sack of white flour. I hate all these shows that have a dozen girls chasing after one dazzling guy, but it's more offensive when a dozen girls chase after a lead weight of a human being. He has nothing, she says. And even they reference him having a six-figure income, and I'm assuming this show takes place in L.A. I'm not saying it's nothing, but a six-figure income is not that impressive if you live in Los Angeles. Especially when you consider the whole thing where they take the private jet and they fly to Las Vegas. If you have, but I love that he's pretending that it's all his money. That's the thing. If you if you're on the low side of six figures, you're, you're not renting a private jet to go to Las Las Vegas with the girls. It's, it's not happening. Uh, finally, on the next episode, apparently he takes them all to prom, and the girl who has never been on a date has another tearful breakdown about finally going to prom. This show is one whole series of girls doing things for the first time, and then they uh, break down. Also, they apparently marvel at what a great dancer Luke is. And it's so sad because he's dancing around like, oh, God, probably like YMCA or something, and it's just him with like... Ten girls in like ugly prom dresses, and, he keeps and they're all like dancing in a circle around him. It is the saddest thing. And he says all these creepy things, like, "Well, you girls all want to have some fun together." Like everything he says sounds like he's trying to get them all to strip off their clothing and rub him with oil oh, yeah. at the same time. It's like he—it's like he wants to have a tensum or, or whatever it is. Everything that comes out of his mouth is like that. Oh, and one final note: seven, eight, nine times last night, one of the girls would make a quote to the effect of, "She would say something like." Well, it's so great to finally be around people like me. Sister, this is America. There are people like you everywhere. This idea that you had to go on this show to be around another fat chick is just a lie. That's just not true. So, unless your parents kept you in a small glass case your entire life, this is not the first time you've been exposed to someone your own size. Let's move over that right now. You're you're not special just because you're fat. All right. Do we have anything else? I that think wrap it up? I, I feel so much dumber having watched that. All right. And I'm really, really excited for next week. Me too. God damn it. Straight ahead, we'll have uh, fan letters for Sarah Dillon from uh, prison. Also news from Tim Riley. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Stay right there. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Booty, booty, booty. God. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show. If you're a piece of crap, I'm going to use you as a footstool while I read a book. On Rock 101, KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following on this Wednesday morning. Well, if you have a damsel in distress, the person to call is Bill Clinton. He rescued two lovely ladies single-handedly and brought them home safely. One-third of Oregon schools failed the new child left behind thing. And uh, Paramount will not allow anyone to see G.I. Joe, saying uh, this is a movie uh, strictly for the heartland. By the way, did you say uh, that would you say that 50% of students failed the no left behind thing? Yeah. All right. I've uh, taken this, I've distilled this down, actually, the uh, the prison letter, because it goes on and on and on for many, many pages. So I've sort of, I've uh, highlighted the uh, the cream of the uh, of the letter. Oh, we'll it's get to so this. creepy. I'm going to read the whole thing. I mean, it's fascinating. But... No, I mean, well, because a lot of it is just, uh, a lot of it is, uh, yes, a lot of it is sort of extraneous detail that is probably not necessary. But just to give you a little uh, window into the uh, various folks that make up the threads in the human tapestry out there. It's time for another exciting installment of Fan Mail for Sarah Dillon from Prisoners. 
This comes from someone who identifies as your biggest fan. He says off to the side next to his picture, which, and by the way, on this photograph, it, his eyes seem to follow me no matter where Can I... Can I see the eyes again? Oh, man. Looking deep into your soul. Ooh, Tim, good. have you seen the eyes? I have seen the eyes, Hold yes. on, let me come, let me come show you again. Ah, yeah. those are the eyes of a murderer. That's, uh, <laughs> acquitted on that. Uh, they are the, they are the eyes of a, uh... I believe he was just um, arrested for, what, kidnapping? I think they are the eyes of a kidnapper. <laughs> Shooting? And someone who was... Stealing an apple from an apple cart. The eyes of a kidnapper, also the eyes of somebody suspected in assaulting a police officer, suspected? but never never convicted, though. Should be right uh, of all people that. in the world, he was suspected. Yes, I'm sure it was a coincidence. Misunderstanding. A miscarriage of justice. Is that guy saying Shawshank Redemption? Nope, lawyer after me. All right. Uh, it says off to the side, 14 months left, so get on it if you want a pen pal. So he will not be writing after he gets out? Is that what he's no, trying that's to convey? No, that's when we can after, start dating. After he, <laughs> after he gets... He and, the, he and the hipster can come stare at you while you eat with somebody else. All right. He starts us. First of all, I am sending you my paperwork so you know I'm not a rapist or a child molester. And so then he, he sends his whole carries record. That with him all the time, does uh, he? Laminated in his pocket. Um, and then it has all of his, his crimes. He says, I won't elaborate too much. I'll only say I don't consider myself a criminal, despite what society says. I got my GED at 16 and started junior college for a couple semesters before quitting to work full time at a restaurant where I worked until the day I quit and came to prison. I think quit is sort of a broad term. No, is that no, no. an involuntary action? No, there's a story. He did, in fact, quit. And then the circumstances which led to his quitting led to him also ending up in jail. Is this where he quit and then did something unpleasant yes. to the owner? And by unpleasant, no, no, I mean no. kidnappy? Not the owner, but uh, to, like, he went to take a cookie mart or something. Of course. Oh, here we go. Yes, he did. It was, in fact, a, it was, in fact, a convenience store. The reason I robbed the store, he says, the owner accused me of stealing and had been harassing my friends and I just because we wore black clothing. I should have slashed his tires on his SUV. That would have showed him. Is that you... black clothing with a mask? Carrying a dagger? <laughs> a roll of duct tape. You can see I had a bit of a possessive personality, but I've mastered that as well. I have a never-ending reserve of willpower, continues this prisoner who loves Sarah. I've been on three hunger strikes in the last uh, year alone. I just got off two and a half years of single-cell lockdown 23 hours a day. Nietzsche had a very high opinion of prisoners, you know, and convicts. Nietzsche said that certain, quote, criminals, end quote, were the highest state of human evolution. He continues, I'll close with an invitation to write me if you or any of your girlfriends would like to write. I only have family visiting right now. I'd like to get on the Internet or a pen pal site to meet a girl. I plan to volunteer at the Humane Society once I get out and then start my job at mentions prominent Portland Hospital, where my mother works. It's going to be as a lab worker, putting moth caterpillars through life cycles. They're just like the ones from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. I'll probably... I'll probably try a comedy stand-up slash strip routine at one of the gay clubs in Stumptown uh, to round out my income. I'm always getting strip searched here in prison, so I'm not shy and I'm in really good shape. Plus... I've invented a must-have wedding collectible for rich people and celebrities. So I've got it all worked out, as you can see. And then he signs it. If you and your girls, all caps, are interested in being my pal, drop me a line. Also, please play some Slayer. Keep on rocking in the free world. There you go. That guy. Always Slayer. 
There you go. This has been another exciting installment of Guys in Prison Who Love Sarah Dillon. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley. You stay right there. It's The Rick Emerson Show. More of The Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Booty, booty, booty. Gah. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere. I'm a feminist, but look at my boobs. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, This text message says, you know, you don't have to be in prison to love Sarah Dillon. Apparently, you can just hide behind pillars in bars and watch her without saying hello, watching and watching and waiting. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Let's see what else do we have. Sarah's to-do list today. Buy extra deadbolt for door, can of pepper spray, and large gun. You have multiple prison letters, though, right? You, you sort of, I, have, you, I have a drawer full of them. Get those on a more or less regular basis. Yes. All right. Excellent. <laughs> uh, a couple uh, things. I, I mentioned this real briefly earlier, so I, I got to say, I was reading this article about Jennifer Aniston for some reason. It's from the Mercury News. There's really only like three sentences that are worth reading here. First of all, the Mercury, Mercury News is not a tabloid. It's like an actual real newspaper. Right out of the gate of the very first sentence, America's most beautiful spinster, Jennifer. Like, they've dropped all the facade that she'll ever have a man. Oh, self-esteem boost. Jennifer Aniston uh, continues to define herself by repetitive romantic comedies come out every few months and by her repeated acknowledgments that love is not for her. Uh, but then listen to this. Jen, uh, Jennifer Aniston says, quote, I've always relied on humor. I remember being seven years old, says Jennifer Aniston, and asking my mom if I was as pretty as my best friend Monique. And with all the love in the world, let me ask you this. If if your seven-year-old daughter came up and said, am I as pretty as my best friend Monique, what do you say? Of course, you're prettier. That, exactly. Mm -hmm. What does Jennifer Aniston's mother say? First of all, Jennifer Aniston was apparently concerned about her beauty at the age of seven. But her mom says, she says, mom, am I as pretty as my best friend Monique? Jennifer Aniston says, with all the love in the, the world, my mom looked at me and said... Oh, honey, you're so funny. <laughs> ah, that explains a lot. Well, that's really why she does. decided to do a comedy later in life. That's right. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is 847. There's a chance of a thunderstorm today. Highs in the 80s, dropping back down into the 70s tomorrow. Speaking of thunder and lightning, there have been... 6,400 lightning strikes, give or take a couple, leading to 122 new fires across Oregon. That goes to show how vast the state is. We don't see any smoke anywhere, do we? And there are plenty of trees. Microsoft is going to hire 400 from Yahoo. This is part of the company's new plan to share revenue on Internet search advertising. The software maker will also hire 115 of Yahoo's staff to assist in the uh, transition. There are a whole bunch of uh, Yahooians working in uh, Hillsborough. I was going to say, that's in Hillsborough where, and cause they, which is good because they were doing some layoffs there. Yeah. We, have, uh, we actually have a lot of listeners at, at Yahoo, so uh, howdy to you. Uh, and because they're doing that weird, I don't even know how that works. Is it like they're doing some alliance, like a Microsoft Yahoo alliance, mm-hmm. you know, try, obviously against Google or whatever. Hey, you know, can I just tell you this? I've actually been using, not like all the time, but I've been using that Microsoft, uh, that search engine, that Bing.com thing. It's actually not that bad. I I guess I'm just so used to Microsoft products sometimes being terrible that is Bing like Google. Yeah, it, it essentially is. Okay. It's Microsoft's version of Google, and it, it, the results are not identical. And I I in all honesty, I have to say that once or twice I've used it and I've been able to find something on Bing 
dot com, and I'm not saying it's a plug, uh, that I have not found on on Google. I mean, it's more or less the same, but it's uh, you know it's got a little bit a few tweaks. Uh, it, um, I was just going to make some observation about something Yahoo, Microsoft. Gone, gone, gone from this place. It is. Oh, hey, I should say this, though. Speaking of Tim Riley. So, Tim, this is your. So you're going to be gone tomorrow. Yes. And, and Friday. And the day after that. So Tim is gone tomorrow on Friday. Uh, tomorrow, our good friend Dave Schmidtke, uh, formerly of Fox 12, uh, right here in Portland. Who's uh, just hilarious. And who's just is. A, I like Dave Schmidtke. Yeah. Just big. You, you and, just want to be his best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just a big, gregarious kind of. I always say Rodney Dangerfield, but that's the wrong way to put it. But he's just a big kind of... He is like Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, kind of a loud, gruff, but in a really great great way uh, guy. So uh, Dave Schmicky, one of our favorite people, he's going to be filling in for Tim Riley tomorrow. Next week, Sarah and I will be gone, but uh, Tim gone tomorrow. So we, we should do two things here real quickly. One, uh, it, it, on Monday the 10th, Monday, August 10th, that is when uh, Summer Rock Part 2 is happening at the Amphitheater at Clark County. Uh, Stain, Shinedown, Chevelle, and Hailstorm, and Tim Riley, a big uh, Shinedown fan. And they're going to be doing a special private acoustic performance earlier in the day. Tim Riley will be in attendance. If you would like to be in attendance, you should be caller 10 right now. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. You win a pair of third-row tickets for the Summer of Rock featuring uh, Stain, Shinedown, etc. That is uh, next Monday. You can find out all the details. KUFO.com. So that's Monday. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Also, Mad Men uh, third season premiere is a week from this Sunday. Yes. You, Sarah, just last night finished watching season two. I did. So we all caught up here? Yes. All right. Uh, and so, uh, I don't, you know, if you, so if you don't know how season two ends or you don't know anything about the series, it's up to you whether you want to listen or not. But um, I don't know. Um, thoughts, predictions, and guesses? I think anything? it's interesting the way that they captured the pandemonium of how paranoid everyone really was. During like the Cuban did, Missile yeah, Crisis? Because it's just like any time of crisis. Like, they didn't, they don't, uh, you know, get away from that fact that everyone's freaking out. Like, they never let it, that drop, which I thought was really realistic. And so the Cuban Missile Crisis was where? 62. And so oh. that, so the my. Missiles of October. And so then my my question is, are, uh, are we going to do the Kennedy assassination? That's exactly it. That was my question. Are we going to do the Kennedy thing? Because um, you can't not. I mean, that's a huge. Yeah. I was thinking about what are the big beats they have to finish left in the in the 60s. If you Because if, the rumor has always been they'll go all the way through the end of 69, and then it'll end. The end of the 60s will be the end of the series. You figure they got to do Kennedy, uh, Beatles, Woodstock, Moon Landing. You know, and then maybe 68, which is when it's all like. That's whenever you know sixty seven sixty is when everybody died. I mean, there's yeah. like all those you know overdoses and assassinations and you know uh, Altamont and uh, you know uh, the DNC riots or whatever. I guess Altamont was sixty nine. But um, so, I, I, do you have any guess as to when the series is going to pick up year wise, Tim? Sixty three. So you think sixty three? Yeah. You think she's going to have had the baby, or do you think that um, she's not going to? Hmm. Oh, that's right. Because what's her name is Betty's, Betty's pregnant. pregnant. Hey, I have a question on that. On that. Somebody asked me this yesterday, and I didn't have the answer to it. So you know, there's Peggy who has the, um, uh, you know, she has the kid, the the illegitimate uh, child. Mm-hmm. Yes. Her sister, though, when you first uh, the sister is pregnant at one point, and then you never see that kid ever again. Like the sister is pregnant, but that kid vanishes, and then you only ever see Peggy's kid, even at the sister's house. So it's like the sister had a baby that then vanished somehow. Hmm. It's weird uh, because there's that whole thing where they're having dinner or whatever at the house, and Colin Hanks is asleep on the couch or whatnot, and then you, but you never ever again uh, see the sister's baby. That just it just has vanished into the ether. All right. Well, in any event, so that is coming up uh, a week from this Sunday. And that Mad was Man really brutal premiere. when she tells him about how she had his baby. Oh, <laughs> dude, that look uh, on his face. Oh, that was uncomfortable. I was talking to our friend Cheryl, who said that she went back and she watched the second season uh, through again in preparation for the third season. And you remember, if you're a, a longtime listener, you may remember that. Um, 
Cheryl, who uh, uh, is, see, now I don't even want to say my assistant, who assists me. That's better than saying my assistant for uh, Outlook Portland, which is this show that I do on on. on. Your, your gal Friday. See, no. So you're talking I, about when you called her your Peggy. I called her. Uh, I called her the Peggy to my Don. Which, that means she was your illegitimate child. And I yes, and I did it in front of Kelly, and so it was all awkward because then they shared the like woman look of like dumb man. Uh, but uh, so I don't even like to say she's my assistant, but she does. She helps out with Outlook Portland, which is the show I do on on Northwest Thirty Two. Does she have a title? And. What's her title? Uh, she doesn't. Title, but no, right? because I've been afraid to give her one, you sons of bitches. Uh, Something appropriate for a lady. So she went back, and she watched season two, and I, and she was, she said she got like pissed off all over again. She's like, how about season two, and now I'm even more angry, you bastard. I'm not your Peggy. Take it back. And it's like, slammed the phone down. I was like, I, I, sorry. So now, I'm, now I, won't even give, I won't even give her a title now. Screw that. You don't get a title. Good. I don't think you're... Or equal pay. All right. Ugh, good God. All right. Uh, so farewell, uh, Tim Riley. We will see you. We will miss you, Tim Riley. Uh, I'll see you on Monday the 17th. I will well, see you for two weeks. I know. Have a good time in New York City. Thank yeah. you. Will do. Very exciting. Uh, tomorrow. Steve Kastenbaum and di- dining at Italian restaurants. Well, because the three of us, uh, Sarah and Greg and I, and it really. Oh, and Greg Nibbler. I already got so to we'll be do bo- our, our... I'm not going to see anyone for the longest time. It's just as you've always wanted it, Tim. <laughs> I, Tim likes us. That, that isn't true. I, uh, there have been times that I've been taken away and <laughs> against my will. Put into storage. So we should um, do a re- uh, like a rundown of what we're going to be doing individually in New York. And tomorrow. incidentally, just because people are already emailing me about this, there is. please do not read anything into the fact that Sarah and Greg and I are all going to be in New York at the same time. There is no... Well, it's a big city. Well, as somebody said... I just got, I've gotten emails that are like, so Sarah and Rick and Greg are all going to be in New York City at the same time. That's interesting. And I don't know what... I don't. People think there's nothing is up. Well, CBS is a big network. Well, I suppose that's true, Tim. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean by that? I don't know. But what you're planning to do when you get there? I think we're all staying in uh, separate parts of New York too. All well, right. no, Greg's staying in Brooklyn. Right? I mean, you know, we'll all cross paths though. That's the way that that happens. We'll all cross paths again on a long journey to the middle. <laughs> uh, so uh, Tim Riley will return on Monday, and uh, Sarah and Greg and I will be here tomorrow with uh, Dave Schmicky. Also, our guests will include Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week and uh, from MrSkin.com, Mr. Skin. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastamam and James Roop uh, for joining us today, as well as Oregonian music editor Ryan White. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler at the front desk. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan don't F with me. Reynolds, executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock, coming up at 9. It is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. It is Wednesday, August 5th, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, see you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. Bye. Taking drugs? I need them. Jesse, give me those. I need them back. I have to sing. Jesse, you can't sing tonight. You said can. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.